Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Oh, how nice of you to come. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome to be. Yeah, yeah. Recorded live. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-4744. Call ID 90337. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? It's Monday. It's uh, May 8th. It's uh, 2017. All right, yeah, who's out here on the chat? Let's check it out. Uh, Kalita Brigante's here. Cool, and Mahatma Coat, cool. Not so Freemason, Nature Never Lies, Side Girl, and Way 57, all right. Uh, yeah, so it is uh, another Hoax Busters call doing right now. Uh, what is, <clears throat> I was going to uh, do a quote. Do do do. War is a way of shattering to pieces materials which might otherwise be used to make masses too comfortable and too intelligent, and that's attributed to George Orwell. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of that. I think that has a lot to do with war. And what's the point in going to war? Yeah, you could tear a bunch of shit up, and then you have to rebuild. And then when you rebuild, you kind of put new landmarks in, you put new things in, and you kind of, like, do away with the old things, and then and then off of that, you can kind of establish new cultural references for future generations. It's a, it's a, it's all has to do with the social engineering, I think, more than anything. Because that is what we normally talk about on these calls. <clears throat> Social engineering, how it works, and what it's all about. How is it possible that you can have, you know, if the conspiratorial view of things is accurate, how do you end up having... Millions of people kind of following the, <clears throat> the dictates of a relative handful of people that kind of pull the strings behind the scenes. I mean, is that even possible? Aren't we all individuals with free will and free minds and act on our own volition and our own interest? Um, so how can we be herded in mass and brought to submission 
in mass. How is that possible? Uh, is it true, though? I mean, is that the case? If you look around you, it seems like everybody's sort of generally on board with the same general program. Uh, not exactly everybody doing the same jobs or doing the same thing, but it, it's all kind of individuals carrying out a variation of the same theme. Well, I get up, I go to work, uh, talk, like uh, Dos, Dr. Fluster, uh, Fluster was talking about, yeah, you go to your box, you get up and you go to your other box, you stare at the box, you stare at the screen, you go back home, you get ready to go to the box for the next the, to the work box for the next day and you make preparations and you go and you spend your days like that every day day after day and then you go to the television for your information to keep updated on what the current events are in the world or maybe you go on the internet and look up stuff that's provided for you there depending on what sources that you seem to be uh, to your particular worldview which for a pretty large considerable majority of people kind of maybe categorize himself as sort of like a conservative individual kind of like more in line with tradition kind of family values there's kind of people that regard themselves as sort of uh, what would be characterized as leftist or progressive more kind of like well you know we need societal change things suck the way they are now so uh, society too many people in society get the short end of the stick. We need to kind of bring everybody to the same level. That's always kind of the goal of a egalitarian society. We want everybody equal, equal opportunity for everybody, equal outcomes for everybody. And then generally speaking, people fall within a spectrum of that left-right thing. And then there's the political system that's sort of propped up around that concept or that idea and how do you how do you boil those two different ideologies down in the most sim simplistic terms possible? It's like kind of like where there are uh, different considerations into what would go what would go into making a, a better society, and that's kind of like what we're always confronted with with all this because it's based on the presupposition that that's something that we need to do or take into consideration and some people don't some people opt out and they say well i can't do anything about any of this stuff anyway don't really care some care enough to like go out and vote in the general election some vote and all the things some participate <coughs> there's all kinds of different levels of participation in various degrees but as far as uh going out and kind of where you're centering your life around one main objective uh, I think that's something that we all do to one degree or another, and that's like the money system. We have to make money, and we have to survive because everything is, uh, you know, our labor or whatever you can produce or make or whatever you can think up or dream up or an idea has to be um, given a value, and it has to be given a dollar value. And, you know, this, this, this uh, social construct, this abstraction called money, and... Uh, You'll never hear much doubt about the effectiveness and the fair or the uh, necessity of money as being a component to a to a civilized uh, modern society. You know, it's a necessity 
we all got to have money. But uh, is that true? Because uh, from what I understand, it's not always going to be this way according to the plan. We see things progressing in a certain direction and like who's guiding it. But uh, from what I understand, from what I hear, that uh, you know, there's 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 work they're working towards they the people who who pull the purse strings, <clears throat> and you know who would that be? I don't you know I, I identify them down to the individual. I mean, how how much utility can be uh, gain, you know get gathered from trying to source out exactly who is perpetrating this and, you know, what are their names and where they're at and where they live. And, you know, it's like, well, somebody's doing it right. I think we can all agree to that. Somebody's in charge of that. And they say it's the Federal Reserve Bank. Well, what is the Federal Reserve Bank? Well, it's private shareholders that run it. Who are they? Well, that's private. It's private. Uh, the controlling share of stock, for far as I understand, is private, so you don't know. So who are those people? I think you would have a better insight into who is really running the show than anybody because it, I don't think it's contestable that people center their lives around the pursuit of money to one degree or another, generally speaking, and that's across the board. And all kinds of things in the system can be paid for. And made into a reality when they really have no substance. They don't really have anything behind them. I mean, different scientific theories, sci- different ideas and stuff like that. If you can kind of pay people to su- to stand behind them and support them, you know, through... If you're talking about the university system with grant money and the peer review system, it's like, well, yeah, what do you think... Where do you think the science is going to fall on when you have people that will get grants contingent on what their findings are and then the findings can be you know have a preset outcome in mind certainly and then i'm getting uh somebody uh jay jay sent me this and also uh, uh peter uh peter usually on uh facebook sent me the same article uh See, you know, medical meta. It says this article from. Uh, why is it not loading? Oh, it did load, but it. Okay. That's. Uh, uh, I guess this is a book that came out. Rig, rig, rigor mortis. Uh, it's talking about all these studies you hear reference that, and they have to do with anything health related or something like that. Uh, talking about how. Yeah, they're almost always bogus. And when you're having this presented to you as to establish a claim, well, this particular thing is better for you. This thing is bad for you. This is according to a peer-reviewed study from John Hopkins University, blah, 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 peer-reviewed. And then certainly people are conditioned to equate that with fact that's a fact peer review oh i could you doubt it go look it up there it is in the peer review it's a fact it's you know ice cream is bad for you according to this study but it's a fact it's a fact it's peer reviewed peer review fact but it's talking about yeah how it's it's generally not a fact because you can't duplicate the studies and you can't and then there's like but what is it telling us? 
that uh, peer review is a failed model uh, for establishing truth. I would conclude that. I mean, we're always told that is it is the gold standard of truth. If something's peer reviewed, then in, you can pretty much count on it being true. But th- there's so much stuff that's pointing in the other direction out there. But then you have to also take into consideration that whenever you hear that, like 99% of scientists agree, or this such and such thing is peer-reviewed. It's like never, ever suggested that that claim should ever be backed up with proof. Now think about that for a minute. Like, okay, so 97% of all scientists agree that anthropogenic global warming is true. Okay, please tell me where I can go to these specific scientists that you're referring to, like their names, where they're at, where they study, and provide a list and make a make a database and put it up in a website because if these issues are so fucking important then i think and then you're 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 making a claim and you're basing it on this one thing relentlessly this one claim that you're making that 97% of scientists agree then provide some proof provide something that establishes that and it, other than just the assertion based on well you know we've gleaned peer review papers and then you know since all the stuff in there is pro global warming so we have to draw the conclusion that all 97 percent of scientists agree because 97 percent of stuff in the public is, is peer reviewed and that means it's it's true so then we must therefore conclude that 97 percent of scientists agree it's like well no that's that's all based on the presupposition that peer something being in peer review makes it so it's like well if if you're not towing the line, you don't get into peer review. So it's going to exclude whatever is going to be counter to it. So how does that make it valid? It doesn't make it valid. It's not valid. It's not a, a it's not a way to to establish anything. So yeah, I did a couple of calls, and I did a call with a uh, flat earther, Jaron. And uh, so I've gotten some feedback on that in the comments, some some uh, comments here and there about it. Uh, so I've been characterized as somebody who was, who treated Jaron unfairly. Uh, I was looking at fakeologists. He had it posted up there. He was saying that you know Chris was being logically fallacious. He couldn't. He he was lost in his words and couldn't you know make his point. Jaron was very. Uh, calm and collect and delivering his points, you know, calmly and and uh, so yeah, I, you know, I'm going to side with Jaron on that. I, I think that his his positions were more compelling, more worthy of consideration. And it's like, okay, yeah. So uh, you know, I was making appeals to authority, and. Uh, Somebody came on to the blog and told me, yeah, I, I, you were just making appeals to authority and then you didn't have, and then Jaron was, and I was like, okay, well, you know, where did I make an appeal to authority? Well, you referenced a professor and yes, I did, didn't I? I certainly did. Uh, And then what did I say? I said his explanation made sense and it was in specifically in reference to when you see the sun going down on the horizon 
you'll see footage out there that has the appearance of as it's going, as it's setting, it gets smaller as it recedes away from you, and then it goes and it sets. And then that would lend itself to a certain interpretation that, oh, the, earth, the sun is circling over the earth. And then look out how it appears to get smaller as it goes away from you. How is that even possible if, the, if it's 93 million miles away or a long distance away or what have you? Uh, and, you know, here's the thing about it. It's that, so, I, you know, I'm getting accused of making an appeal to authority. But then if you actually listen to what I said... I said, I don't necessarily believe that's true. Okay, I, you know, I'm on the record. I did say that. Now, if you want to, go ahead and look up the definition of appeal to authority. Our, our, could, because maybe your idea of what appeal to an authority is is different from mine. But if we're going to go by some kind of established um, set of kind of agreed upon rules of rhetoric and discourse, which I think the ones that are out there and identified as such are, are identified as such for good reason, because they make sense. Because if you try to establish something as true by referencing an authority, that is not a valid, that, that is not a valid process for establishing something as true. Was I trying to establish that the reason why it gets smaller is because of the, uh, atmospheric, uh, differences between high when you're seeing it high up in the sky and you're seeing it low on the horizon. Was I saying that, that I believe that was true? No, I didn't say I believe that was true. What I say, Did I say the professor was most likely correct? No, I didn't say that he was most likely correct. Now, if I did say that, then go back and show me where I did, because it's all there recorded. So there is no debate about what I said or didn't say, because if you want to point out me my own words, there they are for you to reference. So timestamp, what, what if, I, if I was making the claim that that was true, I wasn't making the claim that was true. So that's, I think that's important to understand all this stuff. It's not, an appeal to authority is not a term that you just throw at your opponent whenever you feel like you, know, you may be coming down on the wrong side of the discussion. Well, that's just an appeal to authority. And when I went into like, well, you can observe directly with your own eyes uh, you know, oil and water, oil will kind of coalesce into spheres. It kind of, there is a, there is a kind of a, a thing, observable phenomenon in nature where things will tend in certain conditions to coalesce into a sphere. That's what I said. Jaron said that was an appeal to authority. If what he, because that, like I said, he maybe he has a different, different definition of that. And if so what, so what I think maybe he meant was that, you are appealing to an authority and then, you know, coming off of me just describing something that you can directly serve. So if he's saying that my authority is, you know, ob observable reality, then yes, guilty as charged. I'm appealing to authority. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, later on, when he was going to establish that the, the jets are up in the slipstream, and that's why they can travel, you know, whatever that's required to cover that additional miles. And I think that, you know, and then uh, on the uh, fakeologists to say, Chris doesn't want to get into speculative math on the curve. But he will go into speculative math on diameters of if you're flattening out. It's like that's. 
I I don't know how to respond to something like that other than to say, well, I mean, if you're going to kind of get a an idea of what we're even talking about, flat Earth, I mean, you have to meet certain conditions. And one of the conditions is if you have to flatten the fucking Earth out first, right? Okay, so how do you go about doing that mathematically? Is it speculative, abstract math, or is it some very basic, straightforward sort of uh, geometry stuff that's established and it's out there? It's kind of like in the same way that 2 plus 2 equals 4. If you have a circumference and then you're taking a sphere and it's representational of a 3D object and you want to take the whole, vol- either the, take the whole surface area of, that represent- of the sphere and you want to flatten it out, I mean, what is the diameter going to be? That's going to lend itself to straightforward math that's not, in, that's, that it is not, Jaren's not contesting the validity of math and neither am I. So that's why, like, well, what is it, Jaron? And he said it was 16,000 miles. So he's taking, so what he was doing was taking the equator and he's like times two, and that's going to give me the thing. But that was not correct, which was what was surprising to me is like, Jaron doesn't have this off the top of his head. He's, he's an, an authority on the flat earth. And people regard him as so because he can invoke something and then that has validity and then we can move on to the next point. So it, obviously he's, he positions himself as an authority on the subject. But at the same time, like something as straightforward as uh, what the diameter of the flat earth would be, like he didn't have access to that off the top of his head, which I – if he's serious about this – this subject matter, I think that would be something that he would be able to rattle off, just like yeah, everything else he was rattling off about, you know, lensing and stuff like that. Uh, but, okay, anyway, not to belabor that point, but I think you get my point. And it was like, well, that didn't set well with me. I said, well, that doesn't even sound right, 16,000 miles. But, okay, what if it is? So you got an additional roughly 5,000 miles. We're not, we're not getting, uh, we're not getting to exacting figures or anything. But we're getting to ba- we're getting to a basic level, aren't we? We're getting kind of a kind of, we're going to have to establish a few things first, right? I mean, kind of with some basic elementary level math and thought processes. I think not anything too extreme in the way of trying to sort something out. I didn't think. I don't know. Was I making any sense? I think that I was. I mean, you need a diameter, right, on the, your pizza pie model. And so you're going to have you're going to have something measurable to work with on your pizza pie. You can measure from edge to edge, and what and what what would necessitate you know and to necessitate taking the globe and flattening it, you have to do some rudimentary math to get you to a kind of an estimation. Uh, I yeah, I don't know if too many people out there have a problem with that. I mean, I don't what I was trying to get at. Um. But anyway, you know, go to flat, just type into Google, what is the diameter of the flat Earth? And it's something like 22,000 miles. I was looking at Google Maps, and I came close to that, and I went on the, to reference something else and do that. Uh, I'm not a math whiz or whatever, but uh, you get the point. I mean, is it, what is it? Should Jaron have that off the top? I would think that he would if he's a flat Earth expert. But uh, so that throws the flight with the point being that it threw the flight off. 
And then, you know, I've, I see comments, too, like, oh, what is this? What is Chris's affiliation with this Max Egan fellow? You know, why does he take his word on it? Max Egan is a shill. Uh, if you listen to the call, I asked Jaron, I said, okay, you, you did this uh, interview and this video with Max Egan. So you agree that the flight is real? Yes, I agree. The flight. So Jaron is not affiliated with Max Egan, but I am. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how the brain how the brain's working there. I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I, I think like I, I don't know. That was unreal. And you know, he's been on the calls before, and we've always been. You know, hey, you know, it's like cool. We talk about stuff, and then like, I, but so I don't have a beef with unreal, but I do have a beef with that post. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand these accusations being leveled at me that I'm appealing to an authority. By saying that the professor's explanation made sense. I didn't say it was true. I said it made sense. Is that an appeal to an authority? Well, I mean, what if I, what if I said that I was talking to a, to a neighbor or, about, or a friend about this, and he, he explained it a certain way? And I said, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the point wasn't that – the point was that there are other claims out there, and that's the problem I have. Another problem with having this, too, is just – Ignore the existence of the official claim and then go assert your own and then don't don't give it any context and don't even consider any uh, oppositional claims. Just fire forward with yours with the total. It's that that's just fallacious. Um, you know, yeah, like I said, it's, but see, that's the only other person that I could recall that I'd spoken to about that particular issue. He happened to be a professor. He happened to be a, what, an astrophysicist or something. Happen, he happened to be that. And then he's the only person, the other person I know that's an authority on the subject other than Jaron. And I'm saying, well, let's compare the claims. That's all I was saying. I didn't say that the professor's was better. Does it have explanatory power? Does it suit other observations without ignoring, without cherry-picking? Uh, the professor's explanation. Why did it make sense to you, Chris, just because he's a professor? It's like, well, uh, so if you want to establish something by your observation that the earth, that the sun is getting smaller as it's receding away, okay, I can show you footage where the the sun is setting on the horizon. And I've, and this is also stuff that I've witnessed to with my own eyes. The sun looks very big on the horizon and it's fixing to set. What's going on? It's supposed to be much further away. How does it look bigger, flat earther? Uh, why does the moon look so big? Sometimes on the horizon, sometimes it doesn't. So we have to conclude that there is something going on where there is some distortion of the image. That's why the professor's explanation made sense. So it's you're getting closer to the horizon. You're going to have some atmospheric considerations that are going to distort the size and the way it looks because you're looking that makes sense that's all i said i didn't say it was true and then anybody listen to this would have to draw their own clue does that make sense or does it make which has more explanatory power but anyway each of these individual points you can go on and on and on about and then i, I got criticized for wanting to stay on uh uh a certain point about the flights like what about the flights because i think it's important because 
you're going to have you it's you could very straightforwardly establish that you're going to have to travel a much larger distance to get across a pizza pie than you are on the globe that's very very straightforward there's nothing hard to understand about that and and the way the map necessitates that it's not something that's if now if you want to just completely ignore the fact that you can establish that the maps are to some degree accurate right and then maybe extrapolate out further and say, well, if I can go from coast to coast on Amer- in the United States and I'm traveling east to west and I can cover that in roughly, what, 3,000-something miles, then I'm looking at the map and that corresponds to the map and all those different cities in between correspond to the map. That's empirical proof that the map is to some degree accurate. And you could probably extrapolate out that if, like, if you're hanging out down in South America and you're going to take a trip from you know, uh, Valparaiso to Santiago, or you're going to travel across South America, you're going to go to one coastal city to the other, and it's going to, you're going to cover a certain amount of miles. So that, that also, too, will cons- correspond to the map. I don't think that that's not debatable. So then flattening out the globe necessitates that you put Australia on the way, the frick, the over there, and you're going to have to cover that distance in a flight. I don't think that's anything hard to understand. So that's why I'm sticking to that to try to arrive at something that like well you know potentially this is impossible on the flat earth do you ever think about that this is like for all practical purposes impossible and that's not the only flight that's just one example there's other ones too now initially when i first started hearing about this and looking into it the flat earth position was those flights don't exist and anybody saying that they do is a shill but at least Jaron's saying that they exist. Maybe other people that believe in flat Earth say they don't exist. It's like, okay, then what can be known about anything? I mean, you can't get any kind of information like uh, on anything that's reliable, even if someone you know purports to go. Like I, for instance, because, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to take the flight. I want to go tomorrow, and I want to document it. And I want to show it and prove it to you. I well, I'm looking at Chris Kendall's um, video here on Jungle Surfer, and I'm going to say that that's obviously he's faking. He's faking that footage. It's obviously fake footage. He didn't go there. How do you prove that he's there? He didn't. He wasn't there. And he's obviously shilling for the flat, the flat Earth, and and uh, for the round for the globe Earth, and on and on. So there you go. Yeah, I saw Jungle Surfers video and he debunked that flight and uh yeah chris is a shill it's like okay but you know then again like what makes sense i mean i think the flight exists jaron agreed with me so i mean that's what we're working off of it wasn't me pressing it it was like well okay we agree that they exist okay so you're gonna have to explain a few things so how are you covering the additional mileage which would be considerable uh, you know, the 16,000 miles are wrong. So it's, a, it's at least 22. So you got an additional, you know, at least 5,000 miles. So that brings it to a closer to 10,000 miles extra that you're going to have to cover. Approximately, approximately, approximately. This is not even hard to understand at all for, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I, I'm, this is, that's why I'm sticking with it. It's like, I, it's for my simple brain. So I can, something here that I can establish, I can latch on to. 
without having to go into a bunch of presuppositions and speculations and assertions that can't be uh, backed up or verified with corroborating evidence. This is something that's directly observable, potentially, uh, and can go a long way to shooting this thing down or establishing it. So you're going to invoke the slipstream. So no, they, Chris, they go up into the slipstream and ride the slipstream all the way. And that propels them forward at, you know, in relation to the ground, they'd have to be going, what, three times the speed of sound, some rough, and I'm just giving rough rough estimates out here, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to be cooking along pretty damn fast to cover that ground in that amount of time. And this is all based on the presupposition that that flight, that Max Egan took was real, and then he actually documented it, which Jaron agreed to. Okay, let us let me repeat that again. So you're going to cross over New Zealand. That is going to be part of the process to get over to where you're going. So in the process of passing, crossing over New Zealand, are you going to have any visual clues that you are traveling three times or what you're supposed to be the, in relation to the ground, because that, that is a necessity. That's not something that's up for debate. Now, 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 Jaron said, well, that's not true because they're not really going faster than the speed of the sound. They're up in the slipstream, but it doesn't matter because you're going to have to travel faster. You're going to have to pass New Zealand faster than you would if you were going the other, the other speed. And uh, so that's where I'm at. It's like, what... Okay, what what are some different claims surrounding this whole thing that you can pin down to something that is has the most the most potential of being directly observable for the layman? Uh, I think that would be it. Uh, that's where I, that's what I'm getting at. It's like what is what has the potential to be more directly observable as far as the potential to confirm that hey yeah I took this flight. Yeah, it exists, and man, were we ever going fast? Because when we passed New Zealand, it was it just blip past, just blew past it. We just blew past it. Uh, it's just an idea. It's just a thought. Does that have any validity? You know, is that I? I would think. Okay, so you have these conditions established. You're going to have to cover that ground, so you're going to have to be traveling faster. There's no debate about it. Either way, you're in the slipstream or whatever. You're going to have. It necessitates. You're going to be have to be. You really moving along way faster than what you're being told, and then in the course of taking this flight and going, you know, three times faster than what you're supposed to be, I would, I would think that it would be an absolute certainty that there would be some visual confirmation of this, of it accessible to you out the cabin window. That's where I'm at with this, and that's like, it, okay, if you can get past that, if you can navigate past all this stuff with a logical explanation that makes sense, then please come on, call in, explain how all this works in a logical way. It's like we're kind of getting into that. We're kind of we're kind of picking apart this 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 claim. You know, we're kind of looking at, yeah, it's totally, you know, Jaron's position was like, yeah, it's possible, you know, if you consider this, you know, we're up in the slipstream. And uh, toward the end of the call, I had some visitors come over. I had to end the call. And it was like, uh, I did Jaron not have the audacity to give me a link to like a, a, a map, like a map showing the 
current, the air currents. I said, Jaron, dude, I mean, I didn't call him out on it on the call. I was just done. I was done with it at that point. It's like, uh, you're not making an appeal to authority. That's not NOAA, is it? That's not NOAA information. Certainly not. You're not going to use this map to establish your slipstream idea. Certainly not. That's not NOAA information. No, no, not NOAA, no way. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, if you're if you're taking somebody's side, think about it. If you're taking Jaron's side, but you're allowing him concessions that you're not allowing me, think about it. Do some self-examination here. Think about that. Okay, he gets a green light. Chris doesn't. Biased, maybe? Are you? If you want to believe the Earth is flat, I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I, don't, I really don't. But it's like my my suggestion at this point is this is a freaking psyop. This is a psychological operation. And if it, it, regardless if it was flat or not, the arguments put forward to establish it are fallacious. This is like evolution theory. Like, listen to the call I made to Ken Miller and a recognized authority on evolution theory. And I was trying to nail him down to some specifics about genetics. I was saying, okay, here's your set of criteria that establishes that we have a relationship to the monkey. Here's the same set of criteria. According to this paper, same language, sentence, and everything that you're using that establishes that we have two species that develop bioluminescence, but they're not related. They're separate species. They're not on the same family tree. They're, they're, they're separate. They, they, it's convergent evolution, which means that they evolved separately. So they came together piecemeal through random prior and error and random selection and random mutation and uh, all that, but independently. But yet they share, they share uh, the synteny. They have the same uh, code sequencing and stuff. Okay, that's, I think, very straightforward. So, so if, you're, if your condition for establishing something is met in both uh, area, both you know, um, instances – with the squid and the and the ape to man comparison, you, you're seeing you're looking at the same cri- you're looking at the same observations. You're making the same observation. You're coming to the opposite conclusions on either end. Like what? So it's like okay, maybe there's good reason for doing so. It's like what? Okay, and I didn't. I I wasn't going to ask him to go into depth to explain that all to, to me. I was like, I was trying to wedge in another question. I said, where can I go that breaks that down quantitatively so that. You know, maybe I can get some better understanding of why that why that is. Like, just point, just reference something because certainly you know Ken Miller because you're making the very emphatic declarations that this this the, this this thing that you're seeing that you're purporting to see has a great deal of explanatory power to establish that we are related to chimps or apes or the great apes or whatever your position is. Uh, also, ask him, I also wanted to ask him, too, it's like, okay, there's two extra chromosomes that the great apes have, right? Two extra ones. They have two additional ones. How much, by volume, does that represent percentage-wise? Is how, They have more DNA then, right? If, it's too, if, if that's just packets of DNA, which they're saying, then that's, I've heard it's on the order of 20%, 19-20% more DNA they have than humans have. So, okay... This is very. This is another thing that's very straightforward too. So you'll often hear repeat. It's like a mantra. Humans and apes share ninety-eight percent same DNA. That's an established fact, science. Okay, it's a 
freaking established facts of science, but it's a mathematical impossibility. So if something has 19% more in quantity, it can't, by definition, be 98% the same. I don't have to be a math wizard to understand that or communicate that. That's impossible. So what they're telling you is a mathematical impossibility. And you believe it because the authority says it. Uh, man. So, but I question Jaron's authority. I, I question him on his, his claims. And then I'm getting shit for it. It's like, what? why? I thought all this stuff was open to question. But not Jaron because... he Why? He can't, he can't be held to scrutiny... To, to back up his claims or have him, you know, examine them. Well, you see, Chris, NASA's lied to us so much, and the government's lied to us so much, and, you know, it's just refreshing to hear another voice given, you know, emphatically going through each individual point and telling us how it is. Don't you, don't you like that? Don't you want somebody to tell you the truth and, you know, to, to tell you like it really is? Why, why do you want to question him? Why do you want to pick him apart? Uh, it's He's not NASA. It's like, are you so sure? <laughs> are you so sure? Uh, okay, so NASA, we, we pretty much can ascertain that they're not going into space or they're faking it. Lots of evidence for fakery. Air bubbles coming up in space. Air bubbles aren't supposed to be in space. You can have them underwater. You can have them in the neutral buoyancy lab, which they admit exists. It's a it's an a scale mo, it's a scale replica it's an exact scale replica of the space station in a giant swimming pool, with a with a blue screen blue paint job on it. Uh, and there's also footage of this you know there was a scuba diver inside thing, and that accidentally got out there on the screen. You can go look at that a scuba diver in space with bubbles coming out. I would conclude that yeah there's there's fakery and hoax, hoaxing going on. So we can come to that conclusion. Yeah, NASA is absolutely full of crap. Therefore, the Earth is flat. It's like, wait a minute. What? Did, how did we get here? I mean, it's like, Jaron also said that. So we've been lied to so much. We both know that NASA didn't go to space. The Earth is flat. And I said, fuck no. Why? I mean, all the pictures of the Earth, are, the globe Earth are fake. Well, maybe that's because they can't get a picture from space because they can't get out to space. Maybe because there's no propulsion in space. Investigate that. What's really funny about that is, like, go with these, like, science boys that are trying to prove that vacuums can work in space. And the rockets can work in a vacuum, and they fail miserably to establish that. One guy stuck it in a vacuum chamber. He set the rocket off, and it went, It didn't go anywhere. It just went, It's like, ah, didn't work, did it? Well, no, there's these such and such conditions and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, okay, you have the vacuum and you have the rocket. You have the oxidizing fuel in the rocket. You have the oxygen fuel. You have the all, you have all the working components of something that should work in space. You know, you have the thrust, you should have the thrust, the propulsion, everything. And you have the oxidizing, you have the oxygen, you have all the, everything available to you to make the ignition and make a fire. But it, it went, pssst, it just pssst, didn't go anywhere. It's kind of burnt and shot out, and it's little, it lit, and it burnt partially, and it fell down. It's like, yeah, it's don't, it doesn't work in a vacuum, does it? Rockets don't work in a vacuum, do they? But then he took the he took his little 
rocket and you sealed it inside a bottle. And I said, well, that's your atmosphere. What are you doing? And he said, and then when he made it work then, he was, he was like, see, science, it works. It's like, no, it's not how it works. So you got, you got your ignition, you put your little artificial atmosphere around your thing, and you got it going. And once you, got, once you achieved it by way of your artificial construct, you know, the, the oxidation process took place within your fuel and pressurized the inside of the tank, created atmosphere in the side of the tank. That's that's was my conclusion on that, and I think that anybody that knows anything about that stuff would back it up. Da 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 da. Am I a scientist? No, no, no. Do I claim to know that the Earth is round for sure by way of my authority? No, Jaron seems to. How did Jaron become an authority? I don't know. He didn't know the diameter of what the Earth, the flat Earth, was supposed to be off the top of his head i i i was taken aback that he didn't have that off the top of his head or at least accessible to him in his notes or at his computer or out at google uh you know he was saying okay well let me figure this up it's like why do you have to figure it up just go look it up you know where you in your notes you know where you are you because you, you're taking notes on all this stuff right i mean Am I being unfair here? I mean, no, don't pick Jaron apart. He's not NASA. It's like, are you so sure? I don't know the guy. It's like, if, if this is a PSYOP, which I think is, if it's, if it's not a PSYOP, it's certainly, have, it's certainly having the effect as if it was a PSYOP. And then it was predicted in the Steve Jackson Illuminati card game. And uh, it's also predictively programmed throughout film. Which then the flat earth people take that to mean that, oh, they're telling us that it's really flat and they're mocking us. It's like, no, they're mocking you because they're, they're putting the idea into your head through suggestion. Just, you know, the predictive programming in 9-11 is well established. Why, do you, why don't you think they had some foresight in, before launching this flat earth psyop? Why can't you draw that conclusion or open that up to consideration? It's because, like, no, like, bias toward one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, Jaron's very articulate. He can kind of go del. He could he could dive off into these explanations. Like you know, he's saying, "Well, yeah, we're seeing." I I, I think I'm seeing curve here, Jaron. Nope, no, that's that's uh, lensing. Oh, really? Okay. So it couldn't be lensing and curve, could it? Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, just lensing, and that's it, and then let's move on to whether or not the Earth rotates or not? Is that what really people wanted to hear? Like, Jaron give a, di- a, a dissertation about all these different... Well, if you see a curve, that's lensing, and if you don't see a curve, that's proof that it's a flat. And uh, that's good. Move on to the next. Uh, the Oh, does the Earth spin or not? Let's go off onto all of that. And then we can go into the southern constellations, and we can go off into every other aspect of this whole thing. Like, you wanted to hear just kind of Jaron give out a lecture or a dissertation where he's going point to point to point to point. And uh, I didn't want to do that. I thought I made it clear that that wasn't my intent. Um, now, if, if that's deemed unfair, oh, well. I you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, but I've talked enough about it. I'm done with the subject. 
you know, if anybody wants to bring it up on the call, I'm going to take you. We're going. Hey, we. If you're going to come and and talk and converse with Chris Kendall about flat Earth, pack pack a bag, bring a toothbrush, because we're going to go. We're going to get on the plane and we're going to go to fucking Santiago and we're going to go to Chile. That's where we're going. We're going to this discussion of the flights. How do they work? How is it possible? How do you have no visual evidence or confirmation that you're traveling three times your fat? That's where we're going to go. So if you're prepared to talk about that, that's what I want to talk about. So, yeah, get your bags packed ready to go from Santiago to Sydney. That's where we're going. Um, that's it. That's it. Am I being unreasonable? Oh, you're just ignoring all the other evidence out there, like lensing and stuff like that. It's like, <sighs> lensing? Is it lensing? Is it not lensing? <sighs> Lensing, I don't know. Lensing, I do. I have. Uh, uh, it's not curve. It's lensing. I thought there was no curve at first, but now it's yeah. It's lensing. When you see curve, it's lensing. But initially, it was no. There was absolutely no curve, and that's what he started out with no curve. And then, like I was saying, you, you know, what about the flights, Darren? They're going too fast, and then he, he goes, "Well, they're in the slipstream." And I said, "Why don't you see?" It's like, well, I don't know. So it, it was a roundabout way to getting to the point where he just said it, I don't know, which was the truth. So if you find Jaron so all-fired compelling, I, do, I really don't know why. I, I really don't know why. The, the guy, I mean, honestly, he bugs the crap out of me with his presentation. He just really is like, we got all, all that jabber, John, and just now you're telling me that you don't know. We could have saved a lot of time saying, yeah, I don't know. And I would have said, okay, good, then there's nothing the flat earth can offer as an explanation for that. Okay, now let's talk about whether or not it rotates. What do you got? That would have just been that easy as that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I, th I think, but, you know, the, but I do know that the, in, in respects of that, glo the globe has a lot more, you know, as a model, has a, has a lot more explanatory power. I do know that. Uh, it could quite simply be because it's a globe. And, uh, and that's the thing I don't get too. It's like, what, like, what's so all fired profound about us living on a globe as opposed to living on a flat plane that establishes anything like belief in God. This dude was talking about this on the podcast and he was saying the dome and the flat and if he, if he thinks it's flat or maybe flat. And he's thinking maybe, you know, hey, his idea is good. Or maybe aliens are putting us here and studying us. And then I, I got to thinking about that. I said, oh, yeah. So, like, people are saying out there, well, the reason why this is so important is because they're fixing to pull the uh, fake alien invasion out on everybody. And so that's why it's important that we make sure we communicate to everybody that they're, and all the truthers know that the Earth is actually flat. So they won't be taken in by the uh fake alien invasion psyop but it's actually the inverse you're putting the idea that it's in, and then you can just comfortably lead them into the conclusion that we're in a giant petri dish and aliens are got us in here trapped <laughs> it's like ah! come on come on crap am i the only i don't know but I, you know, of course, I get, on the other hand, people are saying, yeah, Chris, I, you know, yeah, you, you know, yeah, it makes sense. I totally 100% with you. So, this is, does that make it, you know, yeah, it helps to have somebody like, am I, am I crazy? Am I the only one thinking this way or what? It's like, I don't, yeah, because you want, I mean, that's kind of a human desire, you know, to kind of have want some validation from others. I don't deny that. 
if I really wanted validation from others, I would get on here and I would just spout out stuff and I would say it with the most up all the confidence I can muster and as unequivocal as I possibly could and never him, never haw, never say I don't know. And then I'll be Jaren. I'll be a Jarenism or be a and then we can get a movement going and then we can get a lot of followers cuz like could, could people tune in and they want information and so they want a guy that he knows what he's talking about. And then they don't have to bother checking it out because I, this guy is really emphatic about it. So it must be true. That's that's what I think. I don't know. It, it's that it's, 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 it's what you want. There's plenty of that out there. I mean, so that, have at it. You've got all kind. you got Dan Carlin's Hidden History. He's going to tell you how it is about. That's the most popular, one of the most popular podcasts out there. I've listened to it, and I was like thinking to myself, "Okay, fuck! How do you know all this, Dan? You're saying all this. Where are you getting this out of?" It's like history. It's like okay, I don't know. You know what happened on nine eleven? Yeah, nineteen hijackers in a cave uh, was directed by Osama bin Laden. I, I, I would imagine that's Dan Carlin's position on nine eleven. And it's like, okay, do you also know, Dan, that that's an absolute fucking Fruit Loop fairy tale? And that can't be reconciled with just basic fundamental logic on multiple, multiple, multiple accounts? But it's going to go down in history as a fact? So what are you going to tell me about history, Dan? You ain't going to tell me shit, are you? I'm sorry, I'm being mean. But yeah, yeah, authorities. Authorities appeals to authority. Is Jaren your authority? Because he can be an authority. He can be recognized or perceived as an authority. He doesn't have to be sanctioned with a PhD. But for some reason, a lot of people out there regard him as an authority. So they're making appeals to an authority when they're just taking Jaron's word as like having some validity just by because he's saying it and just because they believe he's not NASA. I'm not saying he is NASA. I'm just saying that like if it was a PSYOP, that would be a good way to carry it out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not calling him out as a shill or anything but i'm just saying that like not only him but like these other guys out there that just suddenly appear on the scene just suddenly it's all the rage and i've always been suspicious go back in the past calls i've always been suspicious of it and the more i look into it and the more i hear and the more i talk to people the, the further it confirms the the suspicion and then i'm you're not going to do any good by trying to identify as like saying this guy's a shill because i don't know because he sounds honest and he sounds sincere so i mean you know so if the psyop to be effective it has to be persuasive and then you could bring sincere people into it by way of it you know being persuasive by using logic logically fallacious reasoning you know so you're, you're ipso facto the nasa's fake the earth is flat it's like fuck no that doesn't compute that doesn't necessarily follow why uh, I'll play a bumper. Call. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing. 724-444-7444. Call ID 
and in. What was it? Ten minutes take two more? Oh, man. I always have trouble with that. Ten minutes take two more. Uh, South California. Brian Stavely's on here, too. I unmute. Nino, too. So we're just all... New York City's listening. If you want to talk New York City, hit star eight. You probably already know that. Who want? Who wants to talk? See, this is all like, yeah, Chris is dumbass. Don't even know how to do a talk show or nothing. He just lets everybody on at the same time. Lets everybody talk. It's not ordered. It's not structured. It's not scripted. We don't have like r- recognized authorities on here very often. Except for Dr. Fuster Cluck, but he's not here tonight. It's the only doctor we have on staff. But we do have Brian S. Stavely. What's going on, man? No long time, no talk. I think Brian, I can't hear you, Brian. Uh, you're unmuted, though. This might be a check, mic check, one, two, mic check. I'm not hearing anybody. Is anybody there at all? Can you say something into the phone? Oh, my goodness. Barely breaking up. Is this Nino? Yeah, I'm just giving you a squawk. Good. Yeah, a squawk. Yeah. I can hear you. I don't hear S California. I can't hear Brian. So it's on their their end of the deal. I couldn't hear um, anything uh, when I was logged into the chat. I tried to call in so early. Oh, you couldn't hear the audio coming through the feed? Um, not on the chat, but it appears everybody else can, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I okay. couldn't. That's why I could call in so early. Yeah, nobody said anything in the chat here that I can see. Oh, yeah. That's why the chat is so important. That's why I do the roll call. It's like it's you get feedback. You get uh, Chris. You're Sometimes I get Chris. You're a f- fucking dumbass. Uh, yeah, it keeps me in check. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think, uh, Nino? I mean... Are you a ball-earth skeptic? I'm a skeptic of whatever I'm told, and then, like, the idea that it's not what we're told, I'm I'm totally in line with that. And like I told Jaron, I said, yeah, it's all open to question, isn't it? Or we're free to question it, and I'm free to question Jaron. It's like, let's not get all up in a bunch about it. I get fired up sometimes, but do I declare animosity on Jaren or anybody else's pimping the fat earth, flat earth deal uh, no not necessarily because I think it's a worthwhile pursuit that things open up open up questions on things whatever it is established dogmas I'm all for it so why else would I even talk about it if I wasn't but like it's, but the but the thing is you have to narrow your field at some point, when you have a broad, sweeping subject like this, you have to narrow the field. But I wanted to tell you about a new theory, because I think this one's kind of getting old. And we, we, we need, Nino, we need to start coming up with a new one. How about, um, 
how deep are the oceans, dude? I mean, what do you think? Are we being lied to oh, about man. the depths of the ocean? Like, what if it's only like a hundred feet deep and it's deepest spot, and we've been lied to that it's deeper than that? You ever think what about that? What is the that? deepest spot? The Marianas Trench. Yeah, they There's say it's like room? five miles. It's it's the interesting thing about that, and I heard this in school, and it kind of like blew my mind. It's one of those things that like because it, the way the teacher explained it, it was like I was like, holy crap! He was saying that okay, you go to the deepest spot of the ocean, it's five miles. Well, that's how high planes fly. And that's how the deep the ocean is. And I was like, well, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff there, teacher. And it's like, well, is that even true? I don't know. But that's pretty wild, though. I mean, that's an extraordinary kind of... That's a kind of an extraordinary claim. It That's up for debate, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, let's start on it, man. So how come you can go confirm it to yourself if you just take like a piece of rope or piece of string and put a weight on the end you can drop it down and it stays taut all the way down to the bottom and you can take a measurement of the line and you can establish that it's more than 100 feet of drop well i got an explanation for that you ever hear of uh line barnacles line barnacles is what's attaches onto your line when you drop something in the water like that and what they'll do is they'll put weight on it and keep it taut and then when you try to pull them back up, they drop off, so you never see them. But they're down there. So really what you're doing is your cord is is rolling up down there on the bottom, but the line barnacles are keeping it taut. And, uh, well, line barnacles, I don't know. I haven't heard of this. Well, I, you know, then reference, uh, yeah, Are the Oceans Deep by Aqualux from uh, Pinnacle Press in 1895. Are the Oceans Deep? as they tell us i don't know yeah new theory we can bring in a new one is that but that's the way you do it you just kind of throw something out there like line barnacles and then it's up to the uh your opponent to disprove that you have to calculate the speed of the earth's rotation at a thousand miles an hour so it's kind of like a blender when you're that deep and it's really, you know, sometimes you're going like 700,000 knots per miles per hour or whatever. And sometimes you're just doing like 70,000 knots per miles per hour. You know, that's how it works, man. So the oceans can be likened to like a blender? Well, there's, it's spinning. It's a thousand mile an hour spin. Yeah. So, uh we're spinning a thousand miles an hour the ocean is too right now but if you get caught if you get caught in the slipstream of the ocean it's lights out yeah so our, we're right now we're spinning we're traveling at a thousand miles per hour spinning that's what we're told is that true i think it's like 900 <laughs> I'm going to say it's probably closer to, like, 950. Yeah, well, prices that gives it to the guy that I'm going over. Yeah. Well, whoever says it with the most conviction, I think, wins. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, uh... 
is it, is it is it i one thing i don't understand about it is like well i think i do maybe have some better understanding of it now it's like um why it's so compelling why do people seem to be kind of captivated by the idea and it's so compelling that the earth is flat and then uh i'm looking at stuff and i don't see it being persuasive I see it being just at best inconclusive because you have an observation that you're looking at like Toronto, for instance, from across the Lake Ontario. And then just type that into the search of YouTube and see what the results are. And you'll get like Lake Ontario confirms that the earth is a globe here we'll show you the curve and he's got a video where it's like yeah this absolutely debunks flat earth yeah here here we see the obstruction and here we see where the skyline is and you see that the water line is coming up to like the midpoint of the buildings and it's obstructing just like we should expect to see according to the calculations of the curve i said oh okay flat earth debunk <laughs> well not so fast because you go to the next video in line it's like flat earth confirm like the <laughs> Toronto from Lake Ontario on the other side to see it. Like, sure enough, they show it. They zoom in, and you can see it. You can see the bottom of it, too. Uh, it's got, it's wavy-looking and sort of distorted, but that's that's not a mirage. That's You're looking at it directly from across. Just check it out yourself. Don't go with what I'm telling you. But uh, that's confirmation that it's flat. But okay, like e- either side, either side. I'm not. I'm just trying to be objective as I can. Like okay, so you're saying it's curved. This guy's saying it's flat. Do you just ignore each other, each other's videos? Because like then the search results are like right after one another. It's like come on. Oh well, one is fake video, and the other, like which one? Ah, uh, okay. I don't know. it's crazy man it's like yeah uh, i'm cool with it being around i look at the moon with my telescope and it from all uh all observation it looks like a a ball not a not a plate (laughs) kind of looks that way you you see like shadows on the edge and stuff and the craters kind of you know or uh you know i don't know i'm not saying i know but i mean yeah i'll look at the pictures i'll look at the fucking moon and i'll be like with a telescope be like yeah that looks like a ball is there any surface stuff on the moon like detritus you know loose rock or anything on the surface i mean can you ascertain that through a telescope if you've got a strong enough telescope um, no no, I yeah. can see like craters and stuff, and little little like what looks like lights and stuff. But um, no, it's just cool looking. Yeah, it certainly appears spherical. Oh, can you cast doubt yeah. on that idea? By Jaron was saying that if you look at it, the moon printed on a on a plate, it still looks spherical. <laughs> I was like, well, well I don't know. And I'm also looking at it through a two-dimensional screen, too. So, yeah, it looks... But it's also, you know, also I could probably sit here and, and sketch something out on a piece of paper that appears spherical, too. But it's just like yeah, it's a representation. 
the simple observation is shadow, you know, so if they shade it in the edge of the plate, there, there's your, you know, sphere. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's yeah. like uh, adding a shadow in there or the illusion of shadow or whatever. But did you find that line of reasoning, like, compelling and persuasive? I, I didn't, really. I I, honestly, I did not find that in, in any way, shape, or form compelling or persuasive. I found no, none of it compelling. I found, I looked into it for a short period of time, and I found, like, videos of naval people using, like, lasers on the naval ship proving flat Earth. And I'm like, that's a dubious source. Like, the Navy? There's some secret, some guy sneaking YouTube videos off his boat, like proving flat Earth with his laser in the Navy boat. Like that's a that's a pro, pro you know, that's a red flag to me, you know. And mm-hmm. all the other shit, you know, it's um, you know, I didn't. Usually, I never even got to think about it logically the way you you did in your conversation. I just was like, this is, you know, I didn't instantly dismiss it, but I was like, this is not. The, it's not compelling, and I didn't know why it wasn't compelling, but you articulated it when you said that they weren't proving flat Earth. They were just uh, creating a big storm around everybody else. Yeah, they were just... Their cave. Right. It's like just, just making claims, and then the claims are established based on the fact that we're lied to. So, like... It's, 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 yeah, it's like a, it's the false dichotomy. It's like the false dichotomy. It's like a, it's a fallacy. It's like, well, we know these are people are liars, so therefore, what I'm about to tell you has some validity by way of knowing that they're liars. It's like, no, you could be a liar too. I don't know. I don't know, Jaron. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying that he that you know I don't understand like his where he is going to establish like something like lensing or he's going to make some right. argument like you know I was like I was saying that like what the what the things coalescing into a sphere I mean you can observe that like raindrops are spherical but yeah. they're you know but yeah. they're acted upon by you know atmosphere and stuff like that so they they you know they you know they'll it'll mal they'll they'll it'll shape that'll shape them too that that's a that's another condition but if they're in the vomit comet, and that's real, you know, the zero gravity plane, that's a real plane. That's a real thing. And that thing drops, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a representation of, like, what you can observe things, like, not being acted upon on gravity, you know. I saying, well, like, well, well, yeah, things kind of have a tendency to coalesce into a sphere. And then, like, well, his answer was, well, well, how about Skittles on the space station? Okay, well, the space station's fake, but whatever. I, 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 I just let that go and say, well, the, you know, they're not coalescing sphere. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like liquid. But see, oh, well, the Earth is rocks and dirt. It's like, yeah, but that's, you know, I, it didn't even bother to go into this because it doesn't even. That's why I'm just getting exasperated by all things. Like, yeah, it's like I didn't want to like go into like. That you know, solid is rocks in a solid form. That's just one state of matter. There's also it could also assume a, a liquid state if it's hot enough. So it, the way I would demonstrate that would like take the skittles and melt them down, make them liquid, and then like turn them loose in the vomit comet, and they coalesce into a sphere as they cool. What are you going to end up with? You know. And, and and is that am I appealing? Uh, am I going to appeal to an authority by doing that? You know what I mean? It's like a yeah. 
Hale turns into Spears. You know, you're right. There's, you know. Yeah, yeah Hale is spherical. Spears. Generally spherical is going to be misshaped, but it's, it's falling through the atmosphere, but it assumes like a ball form. You're like, you can see some hail that's like, it's like really spherical. I've seen it with yeah. my own eyes. And see, this is appealing to an authority, but, you know, which I think is a, a valid. It's, it's not always wrong to an appeal to authority, but like, you know, but if your authority is objective, observable reality, it's I, I think it's valid myself. I don't know. But see, I'm not an authority, but I I'm just throwing that out there. Like if you're making an appeal to authority and your authority happens to be observable reality demo- that you can demonstrate and show and prove and see for yourself, then uh, I think I think it's valid to make a to take to put your position based on that on a claim that's you know an appeal to an authority but your authority is a uh, observable reality yeah so i don't have a problem see i don't know but see yeah some people don't like that they don't like that at all like jaron i've t- seen the hail chris chris i've seen the hail you've seen hail how do i know that though i mean are you just assert you're just coming on here to assert that you've seen hail so what you know like what how do you pr- prove it? Well, I think we should re- we should wrestle. Yeah, we could uh, wrestle, or we can go into um, like what some kind of verbal word game or something, and like see who comes out the better of that, or what? Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. So, but have you ever seen the round looking hail? How does it end up round? Do you have any well, idea? Well, on the TV, they scare everyone on the TV. They say, like, it might be marble size, or it might be nickel size, or it might be golf ball size, or it might be... And, and, it's, and it's scary. And, and uh, I've, seen, I've seen some hail, but the best thing is I got some hail, and... I got a really nice insurance settlement. I got like ninety six hundred dollars. So. Okay, it's not so bad. So is that like? Well, you're a doctor, and like doctors make scientific observations about the real world. So that's kind of like a grant yeah. money payout. Yeah. So you're a you're a scientist that get you're a doctor and also as well as a scientist that gets paid for your observations. So. You... Well, I don't, get, I don't get paid. I don't get paid, but I certainly have observations. But in that instance, you did get paid because you got you made a, a da- you made a you made a hell damage claim or something. Oh yeah. Well, okay. I had yet farmers. I'm still I'm still with farmers. They're they're good. But uh, so, yeah, I t- it worked out. It worked out okay. But for some reason, like hail, I'm getting echo. It's not so bad. It's kind of on my end. I can hear it. Yeah, uh, pretty bad. Oh well. <laughs> check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Okay, that was ounce of salt per day, Frank. You got echo on your end, dude. Yeah, I you know, I may not sound loud on the other on y'all's end, but when it's in my headphones that loud, I can't even freaking hear you guys or concentrate. So that's why I have to contend with it. 
Uh, do 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 do. I ounce salt per day. Yeah, if you resolve that, just hit star eight, dude, and I'll unmute you. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is Brian on here now? I can't hear him. Are still. you talking about Dr. Fester Cleck? Oh, no. Uh, my apologies. No, Brian Stavely calling in from uh, Boston. Like, uh, he tried to call in before, too, and he had an audio trouble. I don't know if he's having the same audio trouble, but I can't hear anything on his end. But he's unmuted. Well, he's uh, I think the doctor, doctor, aren't you a ball earth skeptic? Or are you just kind of like, are kind That's of... That's a good uh, question. Well, I, the, the skepti- as far as skepticism, I'm thinking, yeah, it's Buzz Aldrin. I don't like that guy, so... Yeah. And if Buzz Aldrin is full of shit, then it kind of leads you to believe that... Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure, so... I just say, like, Jaron comes across as more congenial fellow, nicer, gregarious than Buzz Aldrin. But then my problem is I don't think that it establishes anything that he says necessarily. So, uh... Okay. Yeah, well, I think think the whole thing about, yeah, flat earth... I think the problem is, I think it's kind of like a fall, a fallback position for the moon hoax. When people figure out that the that the moon is not a place where you can go, and that and that the rockets and stuff, all that might not be so credible. Um, you, there has to be a fallback position, and I think, and I think, um, you see what I'm. You guys see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I mean, like as a psychological operation, it makes perfect sense because, you know, we're coming to the age of YouTube where people have access to all the phony NASA footage and they're scrutinizing it and they're picking it apart. And it's like the case is growing. It's, 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 it's overwhelming now. That's like, yeah, this crap is fake. And in many respects, it's like really demonstrably so. And so, yeah, so let's launch Operation Flat Earth. And this is just, you know, this is something that I'm saying, uh, proposing for consideration as, you know, looking at this from a perspective of the PSYOP. So let's get this rolling. And that way people get associated with this um, with this movement that, you know, has these leaders that, you know, it are, are using, you know, NLP, using different tactics, using us against them mentality and stuff to form like a, a you know, a, a, you know, group of sympathizers around them. And then thereby, you know, and this has already been done. So this is already this already a job well done as far as i'm concerned it's like um so anybody examining or coming up against the moon stuff by association it's like well if i'm going to accept this then i'm going to be a flat earther it's like um yeah so it's perfect as a psyop if that's what it is it's that it works very very well to do that you know it's like uh 
And then like, um, so yeah, or maybe somebody's kind of getting to the point where, yeah, maybe the earth is flat. And then they go out there and they're seeing all these different claims and they're saying, well, and and they're kind of like me where it's like, I don't find any of this compelling or persuasive at all. I don't, they're not really comparing and contrasting the existing model and showing how theirs is superior. They're just kind of just making assertions and. I don't see how this is really compelling. I don't like, I don't really, I think this is like bogus, you know? And then like, so by, by its association, that's, that's a common fallacy is the association fallacy. And that's, people fall into that all the time. It's like, and and I hear that all the time. So it's like, yeah, everything is, oh, Chris believes everything is fake. So if I, if I'm denying nukes or something like that, or denying evolution theory, it's very, very common line of argument to say, well, you shouldn't be using a computer because um, you don't believe in science. And it's like, well, that a computer is an example of a something that's intelligently designed. So, no, that that falls more in line with my position than it does yours. But you're using it by way of an association fallacy because Darwinism is, has an affiliation with engineering. And it's like there's nothing other than its loose association just by way of it. Both and both having the, the the brand science slapped onto it, and it's like the association fallacy is made. So if I can demonstrate something else in science, then that vol- that lends validity to this other claim of science, which it doesn't. It doesn't operate that way. That's not the way shit works. But that but that's a common fallacy, you know. So it's like, and then I I would propose that that is what we're seeing here. So we know we're being lied to, and we know that NASA can't be trusted, and we're pretty certain that they don't have any real images of the globe from space. Therefore, the Earth is flat, and it's like, and then so anybody that comes along that's not NASA or doesn't present themselves as NASA, by way of that fact, whatever they claim, therefore has validity, and it's like, okay, so I can... Let's compare claims. Like, well, I I referenced the only other claim that I had that it from somebody that was regarded as authority, which was happened to be a professor. I could maybe there is another claim out there that I'm unaware of, but I, you could bring that into it. He doesn't necessarily have to have credentials. He could be somebody else that has a logical explanation that makes sense. It's like what that is that you have to op- open these things up for consideration and it's not you don't base it on like what the who that individual is associated with or or if they uh are coming from a position of the established science and then therefore that the the you know superior mirages are not superior mirages they're some construct that's invented to explain away why you're seeing it in the city when you shouldn't be able to and that is, you know, pseudoscience. And then, you know, because we know other claims of science are wrong, so therefore this absolutely must be wrong. And it's like, well, no, that's not true. That's just not true. I mean, it's just not. You know, it's like there, computers work. And it's associate, it has an association with science. I mean, it's like it's but it doesn't make evolution theory true. But people believe that it does, and 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 NASA lying doesn't make the flat Earth true. But people believe that 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 line of reasoning is valid, and it's not. In my opinion, it's not. Well, like Harlan, like Harlan Ellison said, I I heard him in in an interview. He's a science fiction writer. He said that the 
that the public people are just like suckling infants that like whatever you feed to them they will they will suck it right up and take it to heart and and it's it's just a it's just a horrible problem people people think that um all they do is they they parrot the things that they I mean, there's all kinds of things in the media that they mix it up, and they, they there's emphasis on various, I mean, contrasting things that happen in the media, but people just they they just eat it up, and they, and and if if it's compelling, persuasive media content, they'll they'll look for it, and they'll come back for more, and I think that, and more and more, what happens in the in the modern world is is people. They're looking for specific kinds of, of, I mean, I mean, people don't spend a lot of time in the real world. They, they're they're looking at the screen, so so they they're looking for specific things, and um, what whatever happens to show up is 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 uh, is just golden because because they're people are just looking for it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, people have got to, uh, and, you know, we got to remember, too, that um, in the modern world, there's so much that's you know, people have to contend with that keeps them occupied. So there's not a lot of time to mull a lot of stuff over and to carefully consider it. So you got a conditions people, that are ripe to yeah. people who are like really highly open to suggestion, like just things that are suggestive of an idea can have validity or have have persuasive power because the our ability to think or ration and reason through things, and then we don't have time. Like people got upset with me because I I was like wanting to ride that one point, and it's like um, yeah, because I think I think there are, our attention spans are shot, and we can't tolerate something like that. We can't mull over a single point of a claim that it supposedly establishes something and spend uh, spend a you know extended amount of time on it we you know it was like it was a lot of people have told me it's like why didn't you let jaron explain how the earth is not spinning and it's like man do ask him to do a recording with you and put it on your deal if that's if you think that is so vitally important you know it's like but that's not what i wanted to do and that's not what a lot of people like, and that's not what is uh, something that, that is out there that has a lot of appeal to a lot of people. And that's why I don't have a lot of downloads. That's why I don't have a lot of uh, exposure. That's why I don't have any popu- much popularity in comparison to a lot well, of other stuff out there. I, before, I looked, before I looked at Hoax Busters, I looked at, I saw all that stuff. I saw Mark Sargent and, it, and, and, his, and his Flat Earth Clues and all that stuff. And and it gets it's kind of kind of disturbing, but then there's all the moon hoax stuff that's that's coming, and that and it, it seems like a perfect tactic to to get people to stay away from the moon hoax. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if, if you if you associate people with with crazy because because flat Earth has been associated with crazy for many many years yeah so, so you can't you can't throw that out there so, so but but moon hoax is crazy too so if if you if you associate both the moon hoax and the flat earth together and and that's 
that stupid hot potato show. I mean, she lives in Houston, and uh, I think I think it's just it's just a. I mean, they've got money to spend, and they just have they just tell someone we'll create some media content about flat Earth, and that'll that'll keep the NASA scam going. I think that's all there is to it. It's not it's not very complicated. I mean, I mean. They just there's all kinds of money dependent on on the space program and education and all that stuff. So I just don't. Th- I think it, the explanation is quite simply that ro- rockets don't work in Mars. space. What, what's that again? We're going we're going to Mars and we're going straight to Uranus probably too. So <laughs> so you better yeah. get, you better get ready. Bend over. Here it comes. Fail, the Uranus Boica. jet never fails to work, does it? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to shut up. I'm, I'm horrible. Sorry. <laughs> well, that is it, so, Frank. Chris, I want to talk What's to going you on, man? Yeah, how are you, man? All right. Okay, okay. go outside. Your do you see the moon, Frank? You're in Australia. Where's the moon at, man? Actually, I'm going I have, I, I have um, been in that situation where you see the moon during the day, and people uh, yeah, on the other side of the world too. still see it. I, I've seen the moon in the sky during the day myself, yeah. Questions, Chris. Um, the idea that you can prove something is more or less against Karl Popper's views. You can only disprove things, really, can't you? Uh, can you di- Yeah, well, you can take a claim and you can... You can rule it. You can you can say, well, it could... You know, a, a particular claim can be um, falsified, yeah. That's, that's really all we can do, isn't it? Well, I think that, you know, the the flights are are pretty much falsify the flat Earth model. Uh, well, okay, so, so your view is that, your view is that based on your perception of of speed, the flights falsify the, the model, yeah? And and your argument before was that, was that um, aircraft can't possibly be flying at a higher speed at altitude well you have to kind of you have to kind of uh presuppose some things right i mean like that's what i'm doing i have to i have to go off uh third third party sources or whatever or or circumstantial evidence to make my case because i haven't taken the flight myself i'm not claiming to so so here's a possibility that i've just uncovered and just been talking to a pilot about who's a determined globe guy yeah is that um, aircraft speed is measured as a function of um, what they call the speed of sound. So they try and tr- travel at what they call, you know, Mach 0.85. So 85% of the speed of sound. But the contradiction there is that the higher you travel in the air, the slower the speed of sound is. So the implication is that aircraft travelling at 40,000 feet travelling at 0.85 the speed of sound are travelling more slowly than they are at ground, you know, say at 1,000 feet. But we actually know that that's not true. We know that the ground speed of aircraft at 40,000 feet is in fact much higher than... Oh, wait a minute, can I stop you? Like, what do you mean that the ground speed of aircraft at 40,000 feet? I I don't understand that. Well, because the air resistance, the resistance of the of the um, of the plane, the drag on the on the plane, 
yeah. at 40,000 feet is, is much lower. Right. Okay. So what, what in fact happens is, and again, I've just had confirmation that that even though a, a plane might be travelling, um, it, it, it measures its true airspeed at that elevation as a proportion of the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually tell you what the ground speed is. So, I mean, oh, again, you're right, I'm just right, working right. on this. At, I see what you're saying. And I'll be able to find out more. Yeah. I just know from personal experience that my plane travels at 10,000 feet with a much higher ground speed than it does at 3,000 feet. It's it's like right. 10, so 10, you 10, have so you're you so what you're saying is that it, it's the speed of sound thing is something that somebody can get hung up on. I mean, I didn't even reference it when we were talking about the speed of sound. I wasn't hung up on no, that. No, I, I realize because, that. Well, yeah. the, the point I'm making is... Because what is it, 751 miles per hour, roughly, or something like that, speed of sound? At at, at the um, at, at ground level, yeah. But as you go higher, it falls away. But then also, too, you have lesser dense uh, atmosphere, so you have less potential thrust. Because you're not, you don't have the atmosphere to push against. So you can't just exponentially increase speed the higher you get. Yeah, so, at, so at this stage, Chris, I only have my own experience to guide me here. In my in my own flying, I know that at ten thousand feet, I travel a lot further, and that's the reason, of course, why planes go higher is so that they can travel faster. Right. And then what, as you're traveling faster, let me ask you this. As you're traveling faster and then you see landmarks below you, uh, and then you're looking at your airspeed and your airspeed is increasing and your altitude is increasing and going faster, do the objects, do, do the landmarks below you, do the, do they, are they perceptibly uh, you know, coming into view and receding away from you at a higher you know, at a higher rate or higher frequency, or is it observable that that you are traveling faster, or is it just you're so high up that it doesn't really make that much difference <clears throat> visually? Yeah, visually you don't notice notice much difference. All you know is that if you're traveling from point A to point B at three thousand feet, mm-hmm. your your aircraft. In my case, the aircraft starts traveling at one hundred and forty knots as uh, airspeed. And assuming no wind, mm-hmm. um, if if I travel at three thousand feet, you know, from say um, Geelong to Marimbula, it might it'll take say two and a half hours. If I travel at ten thousand feet, it takes two hours and ten minutes. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. But as you know, you're, let's like, say you're passing over an island down in the ocean below you, like will. Like so, if you're you're traveling at um, just hypothetically, let's say you're traveling at Mach three, you know three, the speed of sound times three, and uh, you you can have, you know, you could you could see the uh, island down there below you. Will you? Well, it's just going to be a that's, that's just going to be a geometry thing, isn't it? Because all you're going to notice is how the angle changes. So, so at a much higher altitude, traveling further, if the if the angular change is the same, you're not going to notice anything. Right, but I, what what I was getting at is that 
you're going to uh, there's going to be um, x amount of time that you'll have uh, visual contact with the w- with whatever landmark island or whatever it happens to be that's on the ground. So that, like, if you were, say, you, so you mark the point so when it, it becomes visible to you on the horizon, and then you mark the point when it's no longer visible behind you as you pass over it, and then that lends itself to certain pretty straightforward calculation about what, where, how you travel, like your ground speed, like you were talking about. Like, that can be assessed roughly by just a visual uh you know confirmation of how how quickly that y- you're getting past that point you know what i mean is, is that making I, I, sense I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to do it that way i can just do I, when you use your um you know your gps based navigation systems it you can tell that you're traveling your ground speed is higher you know that that's why people travel at height that's why the you know the u2 spy plane traveled at whatever height it traveled so it could go a lot faster mm-hmm you know what I'm saying is not is not rocket science. Clearly, if there's less drag on the plane, the plane is going to travel faster. It's it's like a you know a, a submarine and a very thick medium. Even though it gets more thrust from the thicker medium, it still travels more slowly than an aircraft. You know, an aircraft at ground is going to get more thrust, certainly because the air is denser, but its speed is lower. And it is at a higher altitude, even though its perceived airspeed is the same. Because the airspeed is measured by air pressure against the pitot tube. Okay, with all that with all that said, you know, it's kind of going into like uh, aeronautics and speed and some kind of arcane stuff, you know, that that's that you're familiar with as a pilot, because you're a pilot, right? I mean, you fly planes fairly no, regularly, I'm, don't you? I'm, a, I'm only a student pilot, Chris. I'm okay. not a But, you know, pilot, you, but you, have to, you have to familiarize yourself with all that stuff, which, like, for the person that's not a pilot, wouldn't be all that familiar with it. What, but what you, I'm saying is, your question, your, your question was, your earlier comment was, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying you're right or wrong, I'm just saying your earlier comment was, um, you don't see how people can travel longer distances without that being noticed. And what I'm suggesting to you is, and there's more work to be done on it, but there is a possibility that the, the travelling speed of planes at those high altitudes, as measured on the ground, is much higher than we than we think it is. You know, when people talk about you know 450 knots as airspeed, the ground speed could be much higher. Is obviously much higher. The second point I was going to make is that. I would argue that everybody listening to this show is in fact a flat earther simply because there's not a single instance that anyone can point to where they apply a curve in their lives. So I'm going to put to you quite bluntly that you are in fact a flat earther whether you realise it or not. And I, and I challenge you to tell me where you apply the curve apart from your varied and multiple aircraft travel. Like what? Like what do you mean? Where do I apply to apply the curve? Like what? Like so? In what? In what instance in your life, your travel, building a building, doing mm-hmm. anything, do you make use of the curve? Oh, yeah. And for example, I'm a I'm a mining engineer, and I've designed pits that are tens of kilometres long, and we lay out 
survey benches, mm-hmm. and I can assure you that those survey benches, you know, that we mine from are completely straight. There's no curve in them, right. even though there should be a curve of, of several hundred metres. None of my colleagues that I've asked about this have ever applied a curve to any of their surveying, and I, and it's, and I haven't met anyone that has. Well, well, but they do conduct surveying, right? And then the the goal, the objective is to get a level surface to build off of. I've seen construction sites. I have from I've worked in the construction. I'm not a I'm not not as a career, but I have taken jobs in construction. I've talked to a lot of people in construction. I I, I do know this that when it before a construction project begins, there's a lot of pre there's a lot of preparation, and part of that preparation is to bring in field dirt to get the ground as level as possible underneath it. So, you know, when you're talking about this, you're talking about the sphere, you're not talking about like a bowling ball, some unrelenting uh, absolute spherical surface that you're contending with. You're talking about a sphere with like dirt on it, ground on it, rocks on it. It's, it's irregular all over. That's a cons- it's consistently observably irregular. It's not, we're not talking about something that, that's that's another thing too. It's like people talk in these terms, but they're but but in the the way that they're explaining it requires that what they're dealing with is something that's like spherical in a uniform way, you know, throughout. And that's not even what we're even dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like it's not making. it's not spherical in in a lot of respects to us because it, the the proportional relationship of the of the Earth is so much bigger in relation to us that the 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 those considerations aren't aren't really that important at, when you're at that scale you know what i'm saying because you can have you have irregularity all over this giant sphere you know okay so let's talk about that that particular shape issue say for the united kingdom so in the united kingdom they have a thing called ordnance survey and the Ordnance Survey provides the levels and does all the survey work all through the UK. They take their, what they call the sea level, the zero datum, from um, some measurements taken in 1915 at a port called, I think it's Newland, or Newland, and they haven't changed that, that particular level measurement since 1915, since they completed that. And they have... They make use of a thing that they call Aries um, spheroid, which only applies to England. Um, they applied it to the rest of the world, but they discarded it. And then they have another thing called, I think it's called WGS84 or something like that. And the difference between WGS84 and the spheroid, Aries spheroid, that's actually used by UK Ordnance... It's something like 84 metres in some parts and 55 metres in other parts. And every individual point on those two models, there's no single mathematical um, transformation between the two. Every point has to be done. So the whole point here is that that they, the model that they use in the UK Ordnance Survey is just a tiny bit of this thing called airy spheroid developed in 1830 and I haven't seen the model but from what I can work out in the case of England it's just completely flat completely planar you know everything we do and I challenge you on this if you can find any single instance where you do anything 
where you apply the curve, I'd be really interested. Well, here again, we're we're at this point where we have to invoke some arcane knowledge about some in some specialized field. So then you're making a claim. I have no position wherewith to challenge that claim with anything in my. Forget my claim. Well, you just got through. No, I'm not going to forget your claim because you just got through making it. Like your claim was based on some specialized arcane knowledge in some specialized field. Is what I'm saying. It's like, how do I challenge that? Is what you're asking me. All I'm giving you is my story that I have never. I personally have never applied a curve. I I personally have never applied a curve. I'm asking you: Have you personally ever applied a curve? Has anyone listening here ever applied a curve? I, I can tell you this. In I don't. Life. I don't. Uh, can I can I answer your question? I said I I have never. No, I have not. But then on the other hand, too, what, what in the average person's life, no matter what they're doing, making you know, building a house or whatever. Like under one conditions, the the way that it's the way that the the what we're, you know what we're told about it being spherical. When would you in what in what circumstances would you expect would you be expected to have to deal with the curve? Because like, what, well, what I, about what, what what about a railway line? What about what about a canal? What about a what about a mine? What about I, a quarry? I don't. What about, but here, here's something I can tell you based on what I've been told by a trustworthy, what I consider a trustworthy, a guy that has done extensive work in construction, and I've learned a lot from him doing my own uh, remodeling work and stuff like that, is that, um, well, he told me about this bank that's down here in the corner. He worked on that, and he because he was talking about trim, trimming things out. He said... Yeah, we put that. He said, "I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about." I said, "When we got that, when we got that built, we got the 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 entry where the cars pull in with the with the canopy over." He said, "We were off by like three inches," and I was like, "Dang, dude, really?" I mean, he said, "Yeah, that's just the way construction goes. I mean, it, it happens all the time. It's like you cover it up, you, you, but you're going to go over it with stucco. You're going to go up to the outer wall. You're going to go. You're going to trim it out, and you're going to. That's going to be hidden with inside the internal structure. So you may, you accommodate that by making adjustments to the outside. That so the idea that when you when you make a building or you construct anything on the surface, that you're talking about like straight and level and perfect and ninety degree angle, that doesn't exist. From what I, from my vantage point, now you can just disregard that because you don't, you don't have any way to. But does that make sense? It does to me. It makes absolute sense to me because I've, I personally ran into it when I'm doing shit. I said, "Damn, I'm off here on this uh, loft bed I built. I'm off a half inch. You can't really tell though, but it's off a half an inch. But I, I measured. I, I did level. I did everything that I was supposed to do correctly. I measured twice. I measured three times, and it still came out. It's like, how do I have this gap here? But if there's something, the floor is not level, the roof is not level, but there it is. It's a half an inch off. It's like to see, but you don't notice it. But that's anytime, anytime you're looking at a building or a structure or anything like that, that you're not looking at perfect right degree angles and parallels. You know, there, that doesn't exist in construction from what I understand. Now, that, but, now I think but, to, to make the, make the case that they're not considering the curve, 
is to have this misconception about what the nature of construction and projects and then, you know, things being square or level, that's in the most absolute sense of the word, which is absolutely is not. So that's another thing, too. But as I said, I, I, I also build those things, and as I said, um, design and uh, have managed mines on that scale. Uh-huh. And, and the reality is, for me, no one has ever applied a curve, ever. We now, just don't do it. What, what, again, were you specifically talking about? What specific project are you I'm talking about? Well, let's, let, let's, say, um, let's say the Cape Preston mine in, in uh, northwest Australia, or when I was a young uh, engineer, the Mount Newman, Newman Mount Whaleback mine in mm-hmm. Western Australia. Those, those mines are on a scale of 10 kilometres. Um, 10 kilometres being, what, uh, six miles? Six miles. You know, so a substantial curve is involved in that. It's never applied. We don't talk about it. It's not done. Not discussed. Um, but the, and in fact, there are based on but, there, but there, based there, on what it, I just got through saying, why would it even be discussed? Because you're you're not like I said, because, you're not going to you, you're not going to go on with the anticipation that this uh, the absolute necessity of this being precisely. Everything being precisely linear, precisely square, precisely level, because that, because from what I could tell, at least on these low-level construction processes, that doesn't exist, and I, I can't imagine why it would be a necessity on the larger projects. Because so I think it would be even more so making accommodations, making adjustments. I was reading some stuff about this too about bridge construction. They said, and they they'll be off by many orders of magnitude more. And they just compensate for it down the road. It's just like they're they're not none of that is is some exacting specifications that have to be adhered to, from what I understand about construction and stuff like that. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but like we're so. But you're suggesting that it, it, construction well, is contingent on that. I'm I'm simply saying to you and to the people listening that you will not personally ever apply the curve. I've never applied it. I don't think anyone listening to this show has applied it. And so I'm simply making the point that when, it, when push comes to shove, every one of us lives our lives on the assumption that the, that the earth is, if you like, based on a, on a sea level, which is planar. There is no, you know, when we work at the height, the surveys that you're talking about, whether they're accurate or inaccurate, essentially are based on using surveying instruments based on sea level mm-hmm. taken at some point in that country. Yeah. And that the sea level as measured between California and New York is on a plane. And that's how we live our lives. If anyone lives differently, let us know because I, I haven't met them. You know, when you fly what, a plane, what you, you just got a, through saying, a, I mean, map. you just made an assertion, like, uh, how do you establish that? They said sea level is the same from New York to California. It's always the same. Well, like, what, like, if, 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 I could, if I could establish that, we wouldn't be having this discussion. The point I'm making to you, Chris, is not that I can establish it, but that you assume it in everything you do. I don't assume it. I, it it never comes in. You, you Why do. would it? 
No, like because I said, I don't work. It. I don't. I don't head up large construction projects. I don't. That's right. Like the eight inches per mile square. Like all my activities are within a much smaller constrained area than that. Like I built a, a little addition on here. I had to do ten foot by ten foot. I didn't have to account for the curve. Um, if I scale it you up go, tenfold. You go driving. Excuse me. You go driving. You go driving. Yeah. How far do you drive? I've driven all the way from San, San Diego to here, straight shot one time. Okay, so you're involved in distances that are that are on of the order of a of a curve, but you never you don't give a rat's ass about the curve. You just live your life as if it's flat. Well, here, here's the thing, though, Frank. Um, like, so on the way from California to to Lawton, I noticed this. Uh, before I got to the midway point, because I'm going up over the curve and over the hump, I was consuming more gas. And then on the way That's right. down on the other side of the curve, as pointed <laughs> out, I consumed a lot less gas. Well, that's right, that. and, you know, and that's the whole point, Chris. Is we never see that. It's like this thing. Well, like, should you know, we? Ex- used to be, the, my, the question is, should we? Used to be. I'm sorry. Like, what? Yeah, but when should we? Ex- but the question is, when should we expect to? Though that's the thing. It's like here, here's a here's a situation where we should most ne- of necessity expect to experience curvature, because in 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 relation to us, like a mile is a in proportion to a human being is pretty long ways. And then you're talking about eight inches and it's like, well, hey, you can't even see or observe or sense that, you know, it's, there's no reason to expect to experience curve or account for it or whatever, whatever you're, if you're doing anything beyond a mile, maybe, but like within a mile, you got eight inches to contend with. So it's like, how, how important is that to your daily life? You know, Here's a perfect example where somebody listening probably is doing it, is that people that do aerial surveys where they fly over land and they take what they call, they take uh, aerial shots from a particular height at timed intervals and they develop um, stereophotographic, stereophotogrammetric projections of the land survey. And that's how most land survey is done. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you take those two photos, those stereophotogrammetric photographs you rely on landmarks at a particular height to develop the contours for every map that you see almost certainly in the usa yeah but why do they have um all that data you can access that goes into the curve and all that what is that for hang on chris so so when they when they develop those uh, go from those two stereophotogrammic photographs into a contour the assumption is that the entire area covered by those photographs is on a plane. Now, that's, that's an extent which should easily require an adjustment for perhaps maybe as much as 10 metres of curve. Not done. Never done. From okay, So you're, you're observing the horizon from horizon to horizon, left to right, it's in your no, field of vision. nothing to do with... And you don't to, see any curve. But then the question is, should you, if you're on a giant sphere, would you expect to see curve? It's like the answer is no. If that is the case, then still you wouldn't expect to see curve or be able to observe curve. That's the thing. It's like, that, then, then, like that's the model that, you know, is kind of the accepted model. And then when somebody comes in to propose flat earth, 
they're using that as the basis for it's being flat. And it's like, well, that's not even something that's contest or contestable as far as from the vantage point that it's a sphere because that is exactly what you would expect to see if you were on a sphere. It's like, so, but then like people go forward to establish flat Earth and they totally ignore the existence of that other model, that other, other explanation. So they don't compare and contrast their model and say, well, this, how, look at how this best fits the, uh, the i the concept or the model of it being flat as opposed to being at a curve that that's what's absent you, from you, most of these discussions well but what your the point i'm coming to all the time here chris is that you personally don't apply a curve people at the level that should apply the curve never apply it never it's not even a discussion and i'm talking about people that do land surveys using area photography over a, a, a large area, they don't apply it either. Well, you say they so, don't apply it, but what does that, what does that mean? It, does it have any significance assume, in this discussion? You're saying they don't apply it. Well, They assume, in fact, they assume that the earth is, that sea level is on a plane. That's they, they assume, assume. but, I, okay, let me ask you this because you've got to clarify this. I like, okay. I'll try to phrase this question the best way I can. Like, if we are indeed on a sphere, and you're saying they don't, they assume that it's flat and level. It's like okay, so the but the what the real question would be like: Is there something that they're not accounting for that should be there if we're on a curve, or is what they're doing does it lend itself? to the curve as well as it would a flat plane is the question. It's like, it's not whether they don't, is whether that is there some special requirement by being on a globe that that would have to be brought into calculation or consideration. Now, when you're talking about, you just say something, you you just throw something out there like wide construction project. Like, what specifically wide construction project where you're going to have to account for the curve where they don't? Like, just be specific. Don't be so general. Okay, what about a railway line? Okay, what about a wet railway line? Like, what? How, why well, is that? Well, the travels over eighty kilometers. The, yeah, you're the breaking up real bad. Is there? You're breaking up real bad. Is there something on your end that you can maybe check? They real say bad. that breaking up is hard to do, Chris. It's hard to hear. <laughs> it's it's just like really. Uh, uh, no, really I'm sorry, I, I can't help you with that. I, you okay, know, well, go ahead, go ahead. I can still make out what you're saying, but barely. So the, the, I'll, I'll, I'll try and speak more slowly, Chris. That's good. That helps me, too, because I'm slow. Okay, so the, the, the point is that on a, a – I mean, I'll have to find the calculation, but the, over a distance of 80 kilometers, all the surveys that are done are planar. By your assertion. I'm getting echo now. Can somebody check their end? By by just asserting that, that's true. Well, that's how survey's done. It's you're assuming that, that light travels in straight lines and if there's a if there's a Does light travel height, in straight lines all the time? No, it doesn't. Okay, so what what I mean you're saying they're assuming like travel be, a straight line. Why would they be assuming that if it if it annoys the case? 
Exactly. It can bend up. It can bend down. It can do all sorts of stuff. Right. That's why. But that's the, the problem point. I have with all this because, like, somebody can launch into something like this, and then you're you're going and you're asserting something, and then it's like, well, that's not true. I mean, I see this all the time with this flat Earth stuff. It's like they assert something and they move on. It's like, well, that's not true. Wait a minute, and then it's like, well, they're already off uh, off to the races to establish their uh, claim. You know, it's I'm not, like. I'm not- I'm not. I'm not even arguing with you on those points, Chris. I'm, I'm okay. saying that these are the assumptions that are made, and over the distance of a of a railway line or the Suez Canal, a whole lot of what they call straight line measurements are stacked end to end. Yeah. Okay. And, and no, and no one picks yeah. up. No one ever picks up a difference in what they call the reduced level of, you know, the the, the thirty or forty or fifty meters. In vertical height that they should pick up. That's never done, never picked up, never accounted for, never corrected for. It's just not done. And then, yet they somehow managed to build railway lines across America and know the gradient of the railway line and know that they don't overstress the, the train by putting too much of a gradient in there. You so, know, somehow it's all, well, here it's we, all done. So here on we the, go. On okay. the basis... On the basis, I, I on the get basis it. I get it, Frank. That you the don't, Earth I, is flat. I get it. I get. I, I already got it. I mean, I've already heard this too, and I think most people that are familiar <laughs> with the subject understand what you're, where you're coming from. So we, so what we have here is we have, we have some railroad track that's laying on an absolutely flat surface. It's just flat as it can be, and that's and you can go out right now and you can find this all throughout the United States. I've been around railroad track. I, I know that I've walked on a lot of railroad track. I've walked around a lot, done a lot of hiking. I know that that's a fact that you can, that's easy to, that's e- you got easy access to long stretches, miles long stretches of railroad track that are just straight and go on for miles. So I should be able to take an optical device and I should be able to see for as many miles as, as the telescope that I'm using will accommodate. And still see the, uh, still be able to see the track all the way down the line straight there should there shouldn't be nothing on a clear day there shouldn't be nothing obstructing my view so i should be able to see you know uh if i have the powerful enough telescope i should be able to see you know 14 15 miles of track if i just point it down the end of the track it so at no point i I, 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 I think the whole point is you know we're insufficiently versed on optics and vanishing points and so on but yeah you can certainly make some i mean the bedford canal experiment which everyone talks about proves the point that you can see six kilo, six miles at least 10 kilometers without any deviation so straight away that suggests that um for that particular thing you may as well use a straight um planar assumption and and well, the point I can, I'm really coming back to is I'm not going to have an argument with you about the shape of the earth. I'm simply saying to you that in your personal life, in the personal life of every person listening to this broadcast, they are, whether they like it to agree to it or not, they're a flat earther. There is no place where they personally make use of the curve. It's not part of their lives. That's all. 
it's not just simply it, not, not part of your everyday experience. Is it because it's something that we can't really perceive because of the proportional relationship? So therefore, we can't. We have no perception of it. It's just like cosmic radiation. Like you know, maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. But see, that's not something that we it, it enters in our lives. But you know, we have like something radiation or something that's causing stuff to break down. So we deal with it. We can visibly observe it. But we have no direct confirmation of it. We have other no way to deal with it other than it's kind of sort of a concept. But then, like, with the cur- isn't that wouldn't the curve as is explained to what how it's supposed to be? Like, I mean, what would we expect from the curve in our daily lives that we should expect that we're not seeing? That's that's the real question. It's not whether or not uh, well, we I deal just, with it. I, I, it's, yeah, like, just, it's like, well, should again, we be expected to have to deal with it? That's the real question. Not, I think you you have a mouthful well, going, question there, or a statement. Well, or a going, claim. Back to the, going back to the big It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't establish again, anything. Again. It, doesn't, it doesn't lend any, to my understanding, any better just by asserting that like well if that could be well be true like it doesn't come into play in our daily lives that doesn't mean it's not there you know it doesn't mean it's not okay, something okay, that so is a part of our physical reality maybe we just don't ha- there's no reason for us to have to contend with it because it's not something that we have to it's just by nature of the way the way it is that we don't have to well, I, I wouldn't agree with you, Chris. I would say that, for example, let, let's go back to the Bedford Canal experiment or even lighthouses. We, we're, we're on a boat and we're trying to find out how far away land is and we sort of make the assumption that, oh, gee, we can only see the lighthouse if it's... Um, oh, the height of the lighthouse is 100 feet. So we, if I can't see it, I must be... Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm just pulling numbers out of here, 30 nautical miles away. But all of a sudden I see the lighthouse mm-hmm. and I'm actually 200 nautical miles away, which is, you know, regularly observed. You know, that makes a big difference to someone sailing a ship. The same as the Bedford Canal experiment. If, if from one end of the thing with your spyglass down at water level, you expect the boat to disappear at the other end of the canal. But, you know, that didn't happen. So... The, the test of the curve, the simple test of the curve is, do you observe it in your everyday life? And you know as well as I do that uh, you, you watch a ship disappear over the horizon, but you grab a telescope and all of a sudden the ship comes back into view. So we know from our own observations that the curve that we're told is there, we have disproved that curve on any experience that we have. So I would suggest to you that whatever you think about aircraft, mm. flights, etc., is the model that there is a curve with a, a radius of the Earth of 6,371 kilometres has been disproved, simply because it doesn't conform with the observations that you can personally make any time you choose to. It simply does not conform to that. You go to any harbour... Oh, wait, wait, what doesn't... The curve doesn't conform to any observation you personally can make. You go to a harbour, watch a ship go out to sea, watch it disappear, you think, over the horizon with your naked eye, Mm -hmm. then get a telescope there, a powerful telescope, and the ship will appear back in your vision. That's not possible, is it, if the Earth is curved? So you you could view it as far out as it goes, you can still see it with a telescope. 
it can go it can go any amount it can go any amount of distance away from me in the ocean and no matter what i'll still be able to bring it back with a telescope well that doesn't make sense does it chris because that doesn't allow for any of the facts that there's going to be interference in the path of light from the atmosphere or refraction or and a whole bunch of other things well, okay at how some, okay drink how hang on, at some point at some point visual observations are going to fail it doesn't take away from the fact that over a distance of 10 or 20 miles mm. view, there is sufficient proof that the curve doesn't exist. That's, that's all you need to do. In the end, all we need to do is someone's put forward a model that the Earth is a sphere with a, with a diameter of 6,371 kilometres. So that means that at a certain distance, the ship disappears over the horizon and we can't see it with or without a telescope. Well, dude, I'm gonna That's have to. I'm gonna have to keep interrupting you because I've heard all this stuff, and I think, and, and this is, you know, that, that seeing you throw again, we're kind of going into this where you have somebody that's establishing flat Earth, and they're just throwing out all these claims after claims after claims. You, you, you're, miss, you're missing the and, point. And I'm going, not, no, I'm not, I'm not saying, missing the I'm point. I'm, the world, okay, I'm so the world is flat. I'm not saying the world is flat. I'm saying, right. Your idea that the model, here's a model. The model that's been put to me is that the Earth is 6,371 kilometers in diameter. No, here's here's the reality of this conversation. You just got through rambling off a bunch of different assertions, one after the other. And you're saying, this is a fact. We we have a ship traveling, and then we we can always bring. Wait, what, what, how do we? Know, how do I know that? You say we know that, and we can observe that. Just go and do it's it. It's just go just and go do and it, do and then we can do it. it I could I, I can go right now and look on YouTube where people are doing it with the same intention in mind, and they're failing because there's an obstruction where you can see the curve, where you can see what would be a curve, but they're saying it's not curved. But the boat's concealed behind something. What is it concealed behind? And it's like, well, well, I can explain it away with some lens anomaly or something like that. Or I can invoke some kind of optical illusion based on the bending of light and stuff like that and still maintain my position that the Earth is flat. And then I can accommodate that obstruction. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so it does, 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 light bend, does light bend over the curve possibly? Because the flat earthers say no, but then they'll invoke it when they're trying to establish something that that's directly observable through their telescope. It's like you got an obstruction there. What is that? Uh, Jaron will assert that it's it's lensing, and that's why you see that's why you can only see part of the ship lensing. It's like, well, what is that? Well, it's, it's got to be some kind of actually, optical actually, illusion because there's nothing really there between me and the ship. It's just lensing or or perspective or something like that. It's like. Well, how do I know that other than having some guy assert that? Uh, but 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 the but the what the real evidence that we're looking at is showing me something that would correspond to a curve. Only I have the person presenting to me asserting that that's not curve. That's X optical illusion. Helen, Chris, Helen, Chris, I'm going to say to you again quite bluntly that you've got the boot completely on the wrong foot. All I'm saying to you is that. If, if let's let's go back to the case where did, no one's. Do you deny what I just got through saying? Do you deny that? Can you can you not go out there and find videos that describe that very same thing that I just got through saying? Do you deny that? I've got no idea, Chris. I haven't I haven't really got involved in it. But let's go back to talk. But no, wait a minute. You said you haven't gone into this, but yeah, you just hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll let you talk. Hang on, hang on. Hey, dude, hang on, Frank. Slow down, dude. Let me let me say something. 
I let you go, yeah, and then now turn. it's my turn. Okay. You have your turn. It's my turn. I've got the carrot. Um, no, I just muted you. It's my turn. Okay, you just got through asserting a bunch of claims. <laughs> and then now you're coming back to me saying, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Okay, now go ahead and talk. Okay, Chris. So How Chris, credible are you at this point? Situation. You just said you didn't have gone and looked into this stuff. How credible is your assertions and claims at this point? Here's the situation. Here's the situation. In my everyday tell me, life, tell me how the cow eats the cabbage. Witness. Go ahead. Tell and you me, come on the radio and tell me, Frank, guess what? You're Go wrong. Ahead. The Earth is curved 6,371 kilometers radius. I said, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. I've never noticed that before. Let's do a check. So I make an observation, and guess what? I can't see the curve. Ergo, you're wrong. That's it. But if you can see it, it's lensing. Okay. It's not curve, it's lensing. It's not lensing and curve, it's just not curve, it's just lensing. So, so here's the thing, Chris. I do an observation to prove your, to, to see if I can see the curve that you talk about. I don't see it. You're telling me it's lensing, is it? You prove me it's lensing. I don't care. I'm just telling you straight out. I can't see the curve. I, didn't, I can't measure I, the that's curve. That's Jaron's position. That's Jaron, the you're flat earther guy, the position, that it's lensing. You're that's not mine. You're making the claim that the Earth is a sphere with a radius of 6,371 kilometers. Prove it. I can't see it. But you just got to saying you haven't looked. Well, I haven't looked. I've just told you 25 times. I've looked at that observation. I've made that personal observation. I make it several times a week. At my own, um, near where I work, at a place called North Shore, North Shore Beach. I make that observation daily that I see things that on the curve you should not be able to see. And so that's it. Your claim that the Earth is a sphere of 6,371 kilometres in my, in my world is completely disproved. And you can't provide me any evidence that it's curved you can't provide any experience of your own personal experience. You don't know any engineering work that uses it. You don't know. You can't provide me an observation where you show that there's a curve. So I'm going to say, okay, nah, I can't see it. Maybe it's true, but I can't find the observation. Yeah. I've disproved it personally with the observations that I make. Every single person listening to this show, whatever they say, will still be able to go to the ocean, take a telescope and see ships where they should not be able to see them that simple observation demonstrates that the curve is not there that's the end of it okay that's that's so if you look at something and you could see it when you're not supposed to see it then that's confirmation that the earth is flat that's not what i said it's confirmation that the model that the earth is a sphere of 6,371 kilometres radius has been disproved. It doesn't tell you anything else. It just tells you that one simple fact. You presented me with a model that the Earth is of a radius 6,371 kilometres. I test the model. It fails. End of story. That's science. Okay. That's the end of the discussion. Hey, Chris. Thanks. Hey, Chris. Yes. I'll buy I'll buy a telescope if it helps. What are you going to do with it? 
Whatever it takes, man. But keep in mind, if you're going to make an observation, to be sure you, if you're seeing what looks like the curve, just remember it's lensing. Don't take my word for it. Take Jaren's word for it. It's not the curve. It's lensing. Just, I mean, we got to keep what that about, in mind. There's also, you can test the moon temperature with a thermometer. What about that? Yeah, I've heard that. Like, you can go into moonlight and it's actually cooler than the moon shade. That would be easier if if you could do that a lot. That would be, and you can also you can also send off uh, weather balloons. You can order a weather balloon for fourteen hundred dollars or something. And you can and hook up your GoPro. What do you think? I'm not like what like what a what do I have to prove? I don't have nothing to prove. You know. Okay, Frank might be nice. Frank might has be already nice. has it in the bag and he's already established it and there is no more to discuss about it, so I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I mean there's nothing for me to do at this point because we already had a guy come on here and explain it. And then, like, there's there's just no curve. There just isn't. And you can't demonstrate that there is. And there's no way to do it. So there's no reason for me to get a telescope or to do anything. Is there? Well, I like, sarcas- I like sarcasm as much as anyone, but it might be nice. I'd, I'd like to save up some pennies and might be good. But then uh, you definitely, I think that you should read up on lensing, uh, mirages, uh, light refraction, the bending of light, and stuff like that, too, also as well. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I think. I will. I'll do that. I think that such phenomena are in existence in our material reality. You know, I can watch a video where it looks like the sun is getting smaller as it goes farther away. I can look at a video where it looks enormous on the horizon as it's setting. Are those two self-contradictory observations, or is there something in there that can accommodate both that makes sense? Like something that, you know, maybe the appearance of it is, is has something to do with the medium by which the light is traveling, which would be the atmosphere. Uh, flat earthers would well, use that, and also round earthers would use that. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're, we're at. So, we're not allowed. Yeah. Thing is, Chris, we're not allowed to look at the sun. That's really bad for yeah, your, eyes, for your so. eyes. Yeah. Mighty Ubra says Chris seems to react emotionally to flat Earth and veganism. No, it's not necessarily flat Earth. It's just. I'm reacting, I'm getting irritated by the line, the lines of argumentation that are used to establish the notion that the earth is flat. 
that's what I'm getting irritated and bothered with. Not that the idea, and if you doubt me on that, go back and listen to the past calls where I'm talking about it, I'm considering it, and then come to me after that and tell me that, like, I'm uh, in love with the globe and all this other horse shit that people will assert. So I'm not fucking in love with the globe. I've, you know, prove that. I'm on record, man, so you can't, I, that's the great thing about doing a podcast. It's like, go back, timestamp where I said something. And then come back and reassert your unsupportable claim that I'm this and I'm that. But Chris, the point the point I was making well, before is that, yeah. the point I was making before is that you are assuming the earth is flat. You assume it in everything you do. No, he doesn't. Not at no. Well, before you assume the earth is flat, you have to assume that the moon landing is poor shit that they didn't like drive dune buggies and play golf on the moon, if you figure that much out, then flat earth is the next step and it and makes it and it it's just I'm just talking about the things we physically problem. do. If you if you try to figure one thing out then there's some other huge pile of horse shit like waiting for you there and it makes you just want to run amok and yeah. Who knows? Well, let me let me ask Frank a question. Okay, so you're saying that I yeah. always operate off the assumption that it's flat. Well, let me well let me ask you this question and please answer it like what I mean, you know, the, you know, as succinctly as you can. When, when like I, within I, I, Dude, I, I, let me finish the question. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. If the fucking earth is a sphere, if it is, let's say let's say <laughs> yeah. for the sake of discussion that it is a sphere. But we think it might be flat. Okay, based on your question that you just got to ask me, where would any point in my existence on the sphere would I expect to have to contend with the sphere? Just one activity or one thing that I could possibly potentially engage in where I'm what I would necessita- necessitate me accounting for the curve, and then I'm not watching a watching a ship go out to sea. Watching a ship go out to sea. And then I could see it forever. It never disappears. You figured that out already. That that's not like go beyond that. Uh, what would what would you expect beyond that? Something like something that's going to alter my behavior in some way. Something that's going to affect my course of action in a way that's uh, demonstrable and direct. Like you know, what, what, any well, project well, I undergo or something like that. That's going to I'm going to have to accommodate and account for a non-existent curve or an existence curve or whatever. Like what kind of activity like that? Not some, not some observation. I, I, think, I think that's the point I'm making, Chris. The point I'm making is. You know, someone tells you there's a sphere, and you, then you have to scratch your head and try and work out when you need to use it. You know, it's it's just no. Not- it's like when would you expect it to be needed to use it, and you're not. That's the real question. It's not like if, but if there's no, if there's no expectation of. Can I chime in? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All, all no I can problem. hear is a phone ring. But like, if there's. If there's no expectation or whatever, you know, if the the if if it's a sphere, if 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 it's a sphere, based on if it's a sphere, when would I need to compensate for the curve 
in any endeavor that I'm doing, and then I'm just going along as if it's flat, but like I'm just ignoring the fact that hey, there should be a curve here, and there's not. Like, ba- like observation. What? Like I, I can observe a ship, and then it disappears, and then I I have to either say maybe it went over the curve, or there's some other explanation why it disappeared. But then that's based on kind of these set of assumptions and presuppositions and observations and invoking some like uh, maybe some mirage or lensing or something. And then I've already got through explaining and Jaron was on the call. So this is hard to deny that he said that, well, we can easily account for that by the phenomenon called lensing. Right. Or did he not say that? Or am I misquoting him? Am I misrepresenting Jaron or am I totally off the mark? But but here's what we're saying. Here's what we're dealing with. We have, you know, people doing this, what Frank's saying. And it's like, okay, the bottom half of the ship, I can't see it. And it looks like the, o- that's the, the ocean of the level is obstructing it. Is it because it's behind yeah. the curve? But then the flat earther says, no, silly, that's lensing. It's like, why would you think that's curve? It's like, maybe it looks like it's freaking going over a curve. It's like, and they're looking through a zoom lens. Like, Frank, what, uh, what account, like, what, would you say that that's obviously lensing? Is that what you would say? Chris, uh, you know, personally, the whole idea of this, all this stuff about optics and stuff, as far as I'm concerned, is a red herring. The fact that you can see the ship at all proves that the Earth is not curved. That's it. It's not really very complicated, Chris. The model is a curve with a radius of 6,371 kilometres. At some point, we have to accept the fact that, you know, there are recorded instances of people seeing mountains 1,250 miles away. None of this stuff is possible. That's bullshit. There's, there's, YouTube is full of people expanding on their, on their, there's there's some kind of Nikon for for a couple hundred bucks you can get a ninety times zoom lens and you can go out to the beach and do it yourself. It's true, you know. The, but you see the ship, but you can see the ship reappear on the horizon. It, it's it's right there for anyone to see. That's right. But okay, but like Frank, like you just asserted, you made another search. You said there's people that have seen mountains thousand miles away. I don't like what, when, where. And we were just got through. We go from being a seeing a ship that we shouldn't be able to see to mountains that are thousand miles away. Let's stick with the ship thing. Like you're seeing, uh, and it's out there, and flat earthers are observing this. They're saying that yeah, there's a half the ship, half the ship is missing behind the waterline. Like where? What accounts for that? I'm not asking you to believe me, Chris. Just go and do it. Prove me wrong. Whatever that means. I mean, screw that. That doesn't. Yeah, that's that's meaningless. Like you're throwing this stuff out. Like go out and look at it. That's meaningless. 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 It doesn't get get us anywhere. Chris, the model is it's not meaningless. What I'm saying, what I said to you when I came onto the start of this conversation was, you cannot prove anything. You can only disprove things. So the model is. The model is that the Earth is a is a sphere with a with a radius. Dude, you don't have to keep repeating that. You don't have to keep repeating that. Like I already like what, like why do you keep repeat that? Because you keep 
you, you can't acknowledge that the, that the model has been broken. It's a broken model. It's easily proved by just the simplest observation to be untrue. Once it's untrue, once it's been disproved, it doesn't matter how many planes fly from this place to that place or anything. It doesn't alter the fact that we cannot observe the curve the way you expect it to be seen. Okay, let me go. That's let it. me go. Okay, let me go into Frank mode. Um, we do live on a sphere. We can see the curve. You can go out right now, take a telescope, look at the water, look at the ship disappear with kind of the curve. Confirmation that we live on a ball is provable. It's observable. End of discussion. It's a fact. We live well, on a curve. Where do, where do you observe it? Where do you observe it? I, I can observe it through my telescope when I'm standing on the waterline when I'm looking at it. I could do it right now and do it. It's a fact. I, I'll see an obstruction. I'll see it go over the curve. I see it disappear. It, the, the, it, it disappears over the curve. It's a fact. I, I can. You well, can go out. If you doubt me, go not, out right now and do it. I'll do it. Go right right now and do it and, and, and prove it. Prove that wrong. I, what I got to saying. How is that any different when you're what you're doing? How is that any different, Frank? Because why? Because you're not. Because I'm not. What, what? is it that you're asking? I don't even know what you're asking me. Chris. I'm not demanding you go out and do it right now. So that's you should just go out and do it right now. It's daylight there where you're at. It's a beach. You got the beach near you. It seems. It seems like someone would have done it. Frank is not wanting to do it for some reason. Stay, stay connected, stay on your phone, go out there right now with your telescope and, and do it. Like, he doesn't want to do it. Why doesn't he want to do it? He knows he can't prove it. He knows he can't. He won't do it. I've done it. I've put it on my blog, Chris. What you put, you put, um, the... A conversation of exactly okay. about this and the experiment that I do on my blog. It's the same experiment that everybody does... All of their lives. So you have like a? Did you post it to YouTube? No, I just put it on my blog site. Is it video or is it images or what is it? No, it's just a, it's just a recording of my observation. The same recording that you see. There are hundreds of YouTube videos showing the same thing going on, Chris. Ships, ships already just... and then being brought back into Zoom by by a camera. But you're. You're going back to where we were earlier in the conversation, where I where I was pointing out that very same thing, and you were saying that you didn't you didn't you were unfamiliar with all that. I'm, all I'm saying to you, Chris, is that is no point in us arguing about the veracity of other people's YouTubes. You personally, I'm suggesting you personally should go and make the observation for yourself. But okay, it's so really I'll, go with, I'll go with the man. We'll, we'll go down to the beach. You know, it's I'm the simplest observation be of awesome. all time. It's the simplest observation of all time. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I go out hypothetically. I take my telescope, and I'm looking for what? Like I'm looking for a curve. So I'm looking you know, for something just, to go to go behind the curve. And then if you, if you I let's to... say let's say hypothetically I come up with the same result that a lot of flat earther and different people there where it's like hey there's half a ship and it looks like it's behind the waterline and it's like so then I, do I therefore based on that observation 
draw the conclusion that it's a curve? You draw the conclusion. If you see something that you're not supposed to see, doesn't that disprove the model that you were trying to observe? If I see yeah, something Mike, that we know? if I see something that if I'm not supposed to see, if you're watching a ship travel away from you, if you're on a if you're on a ball with a radius of six thousand three hundred seventy-one kilometres, after some point, you expect the ship to disappear. And you're saying that it never does. I didn't say that. I said that it, it stays in, in sight for much longer than can be expected if the Earth is a sphere. Okay, so that's different. So you're saying longer than expected. So I think yes, we're getting somewhere now. So it's longer than ex- So we've changed the criteria that you can never observe this from you can't observe it to where you're supposed to see it disappear from when it does disappear. So we're and, changing and the goal, we're moving the goalpost, we're changing our observational criteria <laughs> and moving it to a different area. First it was actually, like Chris, you, you will always see this and you always observe it. And now it's changed. Now the position is I changed. never said you would always observe it. I never said you would always observe it. I always said there'll be some yeah. obstruction. What I said was you'll see the ship for longer then you, then you should be able to see that the thing is curved. Therefore, the curved model is disproved. That's just how science works. People put up a model. Mm-hmm. You test the model. If the model fails, you discard the model. But no, Chris, you're determined to argue with me over something which is easily observable for you to go and do. You know, go and do it. Come on the show next week and say, Frank, you are completely wrong. I didn't no. see that shit out. It's the same, same line of argument. Go look at uh, Atheist Experience 933, same thing. Go out and prove it if you doubt it, evolution theory. You need to go out and get a degree, and, and then you'll know. It's like, uh, okay. But no, we're, we're just going to dismiss all the YouTube videos out there and all that stuff and not examine the claims that are already out there in the video that's already there. And then we're not going to deal with the fact that somebody's trying to establish it, and then they have, like, two opposing sets of criteria that contradict each other. Like what I try to deal with with the evolution theory, I said, dude, you're contradicting. You guys are contradicting yourself with your observational criteria. You're saying that's significant here, but it's not here. Why? That's that's my approach. I'm taking the claims that are already out there. I don't need to go out and do it again and get a different observation that might have some different factors and variables that are affecting the observation. I just need to deal with what's already out there and what is already the claim and what is a good claim and what is not. So I know, and you've already said this and you've seen this too, that there's you could see Lake Ontario, you could see Toronto from across Lake Ontario from the other side when you shouldn't be able to. That video is online, and you go out there and look for yourself. You could see the city. You could even see the baseline when you shouldn't be able to. It should be obstructed by 600-some-odd feet of curve, but it's not. You could see it. And then they got video evidence. Here it is. This is proof. Earth is flat. Case closed. You can go to the next video in line. Listen, 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 listen. You can go to the next video in line. I'm going to debunk the flat Earth. Here's my video proof. I see the curve, see the water line, see how it's up to the midway point of the building. And that proves that there's a curve. So you have two different observations, 
and you have two different claims. One is drawing the one conclusion from this observation, and the other is drawing the opposite conclusion. Now, Frank, what I just got through stating, is that not true? Is that not there? Are those claims not there for you to examine right now as we speak? Chris, they may or may not be. Yes, there's all sorts of things out there, right? All sorts of stuff. Why do I need to go to Lake Ontario and shoot it for myself? As I keep saying to you a hundred times. You keep telling me to go look at myself. I said, why do I need to when it's already out there? We already have the footage. You cannot prove the Earth is flat, right? You cannot prove it. You can only disprove it. You cannot prove the Earth is a sphere. You can only disprove it. Now, you cannot... You cannot disprove the Earth is flat. Right? You can disprove the Earth is a sphere. That's the current situation. Based on being able to see something that you shouldn't be able to see through a telescope on That's a right. lakeshore. So you, so you would say you would come down on the side that the guy making the flat Earth claim is the act what he his observation is the one that's the establishing observation to establish that the earth is flat but yet the other guy who's saying that it's curved he's showing you on his video that there's an obstruction the water line comes up and you could just see the tops of the buildings you can't see the rest of them now how, what would you your, what would you be your explanation for that observation you, that contradicts the other guy's observation what is your what is you your explanation you are completely missing the point of what I've been saying for the last, it must be an hour by now, and that is that you, whether you want to admit it or not, are a flat earther. Everything Holy you do Holy shit, flat. dude. Come on. Answer that question that Everything. I was going to ask you. Where, why why is that, dude? I'm not interested in that question, Chris. I'm not interested in that question. Why do you keep bringing up telescopes on lakeshores then if you're not interested in discussing it? You're, you're doing a gerund. You're saying, let's change the subject now. I don't know. I Just say you don't know. Do you know or not? Do you have an explanation for that? What I just got through said, did you understand the question? We're not moving on to another point. We're going to stick on this because you keep bringing it up. You said, I can't. I'm seeing things that I shouldn't be able to see. Go out and look for myself. I'm saying we already have that. What is your take on that? Give me your take on that. That the Earth is not a sphere of 6,371 kilometres. Based on the guy who debunked it with the curve? Or based on the other guy? Based on me going and looking. Yeah, it's it's just like Chris was saying about the measurements in construction stuff. Who knows what the tolerance is for the measurements of the Earth or, like you were saying, train, train tracks? Like, what... There, there could be a, a little gap in a train track. Like you, you can't tell, you can't tell me that you know what the tolerance is for a train. And I live right by the train tracks, and I saw them bring in feet worth of dirt, feet high worth of dirt to redo these tracks that they're doing right by my house right now. So train tracks is out the window, and, and you can't just labor at the same point. Tell me, tell me when you've approached the curve in your life. Tell me when you've approached the curve in your life. You, I'm tiny. I'm nothing. I'm a giant ball. 
And you never answer that question. Well, you never answer the question, Frank. When should when should when should he expect to see the curve? And he's not. He he should expect it, but he's not. When should he though? Based on the model of the yeah. sphere. Please explain. So when you're in a when you're when you're in a boat looking for a lighthouse, when you're doing a survey of a railway line, when you're surveying a mine. What else? Oh, when you're flying in a plane. You said the mine you worked on was six miles long. So what should be the drop in or the the raise in six miles? Is it like inches in like thirty seven miles or something like that? Yeah. No, either way, either way with the numbers the numbers we build these these assumptions off of also are built off of numbers from the said authorities we're fucking, uh, we're talking shit again. So uh, a, a total viable question is we really don't even know how, uh, what the, what the uh, circumference of the earth is. Could be bigger, could be smaller. And I know now that's like totally hijacking it, but the numbers are all science and science is all bullshit. And so what if these numbers were t- jostling around, converting nautical miles to aerial miles and speed of the earth? If, if everything's <laughs> fucked up anyway, it's fucked up. So the six miles, so, the, six so miles the difference is 30 feet. 30 feet. 30 feet and six miles? Yeah. The difference between two points There's no way. 10 miles apart in, in, yeah, in I've, our, I've done this math. It's so different. Like I thought, I'm gonna look up what I did. Yeah, and if you're just looking at the height of the hill between the two of them, it's um, about seven or eight feet. So it's very significant over ten kilometres, over six miles. It's three metres. It's you know, in terms of a mile, three metres. That's that's. A, that's that's a huge amount. If you have three you, meters... You said it's three meters in six miles. That's the difference between... That's the size of the hill between the two points. Yeah, that's that's nothing. You you don't think that they can adjust for that in gradation at the other end of the... Look, I'm just mine? telling you that, it, that people that's running a survey in a, in a mine work to the nearest centimeter, the nearest two or three centimeters. Based on what? Based on what? Like nearest centimeter? Based on what? Like you're just throwing these claims out there and like, like, see, that's the problem with all this. Like you can just go in establishing something just by assert by all these assertions. And then I said, and I said, let's deal with this one set of observations. And you said you just made a bunch of assertions. Like you can't see it on a plane. You can't see it on these big construction. You can't. You can't. You can't. And and that's just assertions. And like I, I was trying to, I was trying to get you to explain like. Why do you observe a what looks what appears to be a curve in some instances and in some instances you don't and you don't want to even discuss that? Well, I mean, I would say a large part of it, Chris, is because you've been told since you were born that the I Earth already is know a, that I was told. You don't have to keep telling me that the that I was told that I live on a sphere. We don't have to keep establishing that. We need to address the observational claims that are out there presented to us. And how do how do you account for? the observation that there is curve in some instances and then other instances you do not how do do you have an explanation for that that's what i'm asking you for what is your explanation for that please do you understand that that question is about as clear as it can be 
and you're and you're and you're and you're, and you're, you're diverting off. You're you're diverting off. You're you're deflecting. Here are the possible causes, Dave. Here are the possible causes. Okay. One is, wow. There's a, group, there's a group of people wanting to convince you that there's a bull. <laughs> so they're so they're putting a fake video out. There's all sorts, of, and some, and other people believe there's a bull. <laughs> I know. I already know this, man. What's what what's what accounts? Okay, so what, what, do you want, what, what do you want to hear from me? I want to I want to hear what your explanation that accounts for the discrepancy. So you're having an observation based on a claim, just on the criteria that you established that you said that I needed to go out and do take a telescope and go to a lake or whatever and see and, and find the curve. And I've said that's already been done. What, well, let's deal with what's already out there. And I said, well, what, how do you account for these two the, this this discrepancy where you can see it on this guy's video and you can't see it on this other guy's video? It's obstructed by the water line, the city line is. On the other side, well, like what? Uh, what is your explanation uh, 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 for that? How do you account for that? Those two. What my explanation is? Okay, I've got these two conflicting pieces of data. What am I going yes. to do? Yes. Well, I'll go out and make my own observation, which I've done. You go out and make your own observation, and then like it. It now, uh, but you didn't go to Lake Ontario. That's what I'm saying. We got two two views from across Lake Ontario. One showing what what looks like to appear to be the curve, and the other doesn't. So you you dis, you you dismiss those and you have to you dismiss everything that's out there as just just blanketly dismiss that or and then like you don't because here here's the thing here's the thing too it's like you know I just had Jaronism on there and it's like I none of this is based on any direct observation by anybody nobody's even claiming that but then like when I ask you to explain something you're saying well i we don't we can't go off any of that we need it, it requires it necessitates our own direct empirical observation well if that is the case there is no nothing to discuss here other than what we can tell each other about our own direct observation if that's the criteria that you're trying to establish but nobody's trying to do this up until the point when i try to nail you down on a point and then you say well you need to go out and look at it for yourself and then tell me and then we could discuss what we both observe which is fine but that's not the the criteria that everybody's using up until this point now what is the explanation for the the observational discrepancies and that's only one that's only one example there's hundreds of examples where it's like you see what looks appear to be the curve and other times you don't now what's what's the explanation for that okay so the explanation is that there are people that are going to see what they want to see out there yes absolutely Okay. It was and you didn't explain week. anything. You didn't explain you anything. Explain you didn't establish anything. You're not dealing with what the... Excuse me? Uh, go ahead. I said he just talked in the circles for about 45 minutes. Yes, I know. Uh, that's why, why am I getting mad? Why am I getting mad? Why am I getting mad? I'm getting upset. I don't see why you said I'm talking in circles. We're talking about spheres for a start. And I've been very direct. I've said, I'll repeat it for the sake of clarity because you keep saying I'm talking in circles. There was a model that the Earth is a sphere with a radius of 6,371 kilometers. Oh, my God. That model does not make stand up to any observation that you personally can make, Chris. Oh, my God. How do you know? Is a flatness. You just made another assertion. Like, Chris can't go out and find it. 
He can't. I challenge oh, you're challenging me. You're challenging me to go out and get empirical evidence. Yes. That's that's where yes. you're going to leave it. Yes. That's where we're leaving it. It's like if 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 you, you I challenge you to find the curve. I challenge you to find the flatness. That's it. End of story. Man, we just talked and talked and talked and didn't get anywhere. Why do you think I don't want to discuss this topic? Why do you think I'm avoiding it? For this very exact reason right now. Am I a globe earth shill for that? For fuck's sake? Ah. The love of Pete, man. Fuck. And... Yeah, God damn. So we we got all through all that, and then we come to the conclusion that there's nothing to discuss unless I see it with my own eyes. Well, fuck, Frank. God dang, man. We could have saved a lot of time. <laughs> okay. Shit, dude. Okay. And no offense, man. I'm just that's where I'm coming from. I'm just trying to explain myself the best way I can. I'm just like, damn. But I mean. I get impatient, too. I, don't, I mean, I'm human. But it's like, damn, you know, it's like we could have saved all this time, man. We could have talked about something else. Lead into that, like lead into that with that. It's like, no, can't go about anything that's out there. We got to get, we got to get direct to the observation. And if you haven't seen the curve, there's no curve. So it's, if you haven't seen the curve, then it's flat. And it's like, okay, that's good. I mean, that's, that you should be. I, I would I would hope that in the future you'd be more consistent with that and just say and lead with that and then it would be like a big like time saver. I mean, you know, but uh, but yeah, I want to talk to Brian, dude. So uh, yeah, thanks Frank for calling in, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from this topic. So I gotta cool off, dude. I just have to. But um, yeah. So, yeah, I have to move on because it's like, yeah, we talked and talked and talked and I'm looking at it and it's like we're almost at three hours and it's like we've arrived at the conclusion that I need to go out and I need to get me a telescope. Dang. I don't have the money for that anyway, but I don't, uh, what am I going to do? I don't know about lensing effect like all these flat earthers are experts on. I don't, I don't. Where do I go to learn about this stuff? Did did I ever get a reference to a point or or a site or something where I can read up on lensing? Brian, do you know where about lensing? I don't know. I guess I'm just on my own here. I'm just I'm a ball earth shield. I don't know. It's not the bot. It's not the bot. I'm not trying to establish anything. I'm not trying to prove anything either way. It's just the discourse out there and the establishing criteria and the way that it's conveyed and the way it's communicated. And this is not, this is not a Frank. This is not anybody or Jaronism in particular. This is across the board in the, in the flat earth more movement. This is characteristic of it. This is a main characteristic of it. It's like, um, it's like, yes, here is something that's highly significant, that here's something that you're seeing that you shouldn't be able to see from a distance. You should There, be a, there should be a, an, a curve obstructing your view. And here, clearly, we can see something that we can't be able to see. But we have flat earthers that are taking their telescopes and they're seeing 
a clear obstruction. They're seeing city lines with like many multiple feet of obstruction. And me and Jaronism talked about that. And he said, oh, well, that's simple. That's lensing. That's why you see an obstruction. And I'm like saying, okay, so you're invoking some kind of an optical illusion to establish your claim that you can never see the curve. Nobody can show you that. And Frank just got on here and just multiple times asserted that same thing, like that same proclamation. Chris, I challenge you, go find the curve. You will never see the curve. You'll never be able to observe it with a telescope. Yeah. Didn't he? Exactly. Yeah. So, so man, I mean, like, am I missing something or am I being unfair or am I not letting people speak or what is the problem? What is my problem? What is the problem? He never said if he believed the earth was flat, did he? He said he just you said it now. Can you hear me? Earth in a certain now? distance. Correct. That's the that's the funniest thing is he, he still might believe in the globe, but still just going nuts. So yeah, he. I think if if I remember what I heard, he kept saying that uh, there is no curve in, and he'd like quantify some type of uh, measure. And that's kind of why I brought up earlier, like, well, if you're measuring against bogus numbers, it's bogus anyway. But um, you know, that's that's kind of a Interesting point. Uh, here's Cy Girl saying he wants to transform you from a skeptic to a researcher. Yeah, Chris, you need to go out and you need to do this experimentation on your own. And then you'll be an expert like we are. Evolution theory to a fucking T. You need to go out and <laughs> you need to go out and get a degree. Look at you. You're the same argument, same criteria, same thing. Absolutely to a fucking T. Am I wrong? Am I am I not right? Go look at AC's experience nine thirty three. Look at their line of reason. Look at their line of it's flat earth theory all over again. Why don't you go out and look? The truth is out there. Like on that old series of uh what was that show called? Uh X Files. Mulder was like, yeah, yeah, the truth is out it's out there. The truth is out there. You know, once yeah. you go out and want to believe, yeah, I want to believe the truth is out there. I can't show it to I, you. I, I, go, I, I try to test this shit truthfully. That's why I got me a telescope. Like I'm trying to. I'm, the ultimate goal is for me to like be able to take photos of uh, chemtrail planes, but that's super hard. <laughs> it's not very easy at all. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a measurer and. If I was if I was interested in testing flat Earth, I could go to like the collegiate peaks um, in Colorado, and they're all like fourteen thousand feet, so they wouldn't be obstructed with like buildings or whatever and uh, uh, bullshit. And you could just like at a at an elevation equal on each peak, be able to run. You know, a level telescope. Yeah. If you want to do busy yourself, if you want to busy yourself doing all that, I I would rather just say, <laughs> I'm just going to say right now, um, I'm a flat earther. Anybody who asks, tell them I'm a flat earther. If somebody's like saying, Chris, I I, I thought you were a globe earther. I said, Yeah, I'm a globe earther too. I'm both. Okay. 
I'm a flat mechanical <laughs> overther. And then I can go on to do what I like to do from a science perspective. And I like to build shit. I like to make stuff that fucking works. I build things. I do things. I program microcircuits. I make them work. I hack shit. I take it apart. I make it. I take an old stereo that I found at a thrift shop and I put it into a cabinet and I turn it into a jukebox and it's got USB and it's got why I do. That's the kind of shit I do. Am I a retard? I don't think I'm a retard. I don't think if I was retarded, I'd be able to do applied learning like that. I don't busy. I'm not going to busy myself with all this, this stuff that it's demanded of me now to go out and investigate the curve. And so then, then I do what? I post a video on YouTube so you can shoot it down and say Chris is a. Uh, you just shoot it down. Like what? You shoot it down based on your because your criteria is set to where like if 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 there is a curve that's Chris is he's saying it's curved and you know we know because Jaronism told us that it's lensing so fuck off you shill it's like okay whatever fine but I could show you my jukebox that I made and it's like it sure is. It sure as hell plays music, and it works. And I and I I hooked it up with LEDs, and it lights it up, and it's nice. It's pretty. Yeah. It's like I can hey, show hey, Chris. You that. Chris, can you hear my audio right now? Yes. Is it echoing? No, it sounds good, man. Oh, okay. All right, because it's echoing on my end a little bit. Hang on. Let me turn my volume down on my computer. There we go. How about now? Yeah, I hear you good. All right, good. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't think there's any problem with examining the claims either. Can I help hold both positions at the same time? Can I conclude that, yeah, yeah, it's probably the Occam's razor. We have to. If we stick with the globe concept, we have to. There's fewer assumptions to be made about supersonic, three times the speed of sound, travel, something up there that we have to kind of go into and explore that. And passenger jets are going way, way, way faster than they're told about. And then it's like, man, it's a lot, a lot of work. I don't know why it's so compelling and so enticing, and I, I just don't see it. But if it's from a uh, perspective that it's a psychological operation, it's, it seems to make a lot more sense. <clears throat> uh, but because people are very convinced, you know, that the arguments are strong and that they have a lot of validity. But then, like, if we and then, like, if you have somebody that's a flat earth guy and they can just go on just making assertion after assertion after assertion, then it sounds kind of like we're it's like, yeah, this guy maybe have a point. But if we stop and want to slow down, we get into Oklahoma where I'm here under the grain elevator and I'm slow talking, slow witted, slow. And I want to say, hey, wait a minute. What did you just say? Let's pick this apart. Let's look at it. Let's compare it to some other stuff out here. And it's like, no, we don't want to. We don't want nothing to do with that. It's like uh, we, uh, and then and then we get to the conclusion that Chris needs to go out and find the curve nice. and prove it to me. It's like, okay, f- well, f- for one thing, fuck off because I that's not something yep. I'm interested in doing. So, and I don't I don't know why I should, I should be insistent. And people should require me to do that. Like, for what? So I can put something out that you can easily dismiss by just invoking lensing or something like that, that 
like you don't that you're never required to establish by any corroborating evidence it's like that's a game that i'm not gonna get in playing you know it's like it's like trying to play monopoly with somebody that's like changes the rules as you go like I, i'm going to like oh yeah oh you're on park avenue well that's only worth 20 it's like well it says it's 200 on here it's like no it's 20 uh, i just changed it I'm sorry. Well, that's the thing with the flat earth argument. Once people have their mind made up, it seems like they they won't look at evidence to the contrary of what they've already decided. It's either it's this, 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 and what you have is garbage. I'm not going to look at it yeah. because I've already proved that that is wrong. Right. And then, like, uh, so it's claimed that I'm... What's that again? But I, but yeah, yeah, it's like uh, hard. But you know, it's like fine. You know, I have that position, but like you can't establish that by just making assertion after assertion after assertion, and then not, and then not allowing for an examination of each of these individual claims or assertions. Like you know, and it's the same like evolution theory. It's the same way that that's established and propped up, and it's like a cult kind of thing too, where it's like, oh, like I, that's why I call Ken Miller. I said, okay, you're making this claim. Like, what are some other observations out there that's established by, you know, establishment science? And see, that doesn't necessitate me believing anything about DNA or anything like that. That just necessitates me being able to think critically and logically. And that's that's why I thought it was a good question. Now, people who believe in evolution theory say, okay, this guy's an idiot. For one thing, he's questioning Ken Miller, who has great magnitudes and more knowledge than he does so no matter what chris says it's not going to be valid because i already know that evolution is true and even if this was proven to be false i already know that there's already all this other evidence out there that backs it up and that's the evolutionist darwinist position and you can't pull them off of it because you have a myriads of claims and then you could as you take them one at a time and and they fall apart, it does not matter. It's like, I think it's the same with the flat earth. It's like when somebody's convinced that it's flat, you can go into like the, the like the instance of the observations of across Lake Ontario, and like we could go out there and we could see the obstruction, and then we can just say, well, we have to explain this somehow. And then the case of where Jaron just said, it's just simply lensing, man. And then, okay, let's move on to the next thing. So we already know that it's lensing and it's not curve and it's not curve and lensing because based on Jaron just asserting that. And so we can go to the next point and then we need, so we need to quickly get around to whether or not it's spinning for some reason. I don't know why, but we need to get, he, he wanted to take the conversation there. And it's like, you know, like, okay, so we're going like Ken Miller wanted to take me to explain how the eye, human eye is poorly designed. I say, I thought we were talking about synteny and similarity and generic uh, genetics. Go listen to that call. I'm not making that up. You know, uh, shifting the go, just changing and deflecting and going into another subject altogether. And then going into a dissertation and then saying, I can't, I don't have time to talk to you, anybody on the phone. I got to go to class. So maybe he was warming up for his class, you know, because that's what he's going to do. He's going to go emphatically assert claim after claim after claim in his class to his students. And that's the way we're conditioned. Now, think about that. That's how we're always conditioned to receive information and knowledge. So you have this authority 
And he just makes assertion after assertion after assertion. And you never – you don't have time to examine each individual claim. And that's – and see, that's why I'm not blaming people that are getting frustrated with, the, you know, the my kind of approach, which is not customary. It's like you can't stop Jaron. Let the man make his point. Let him make his claims. Let his make his assertions and just let him speak freely. And then you'll come to believe. And it's like – and then you'll be convinced. And it's like, uh, well, I would be a Darwinist if I took things that way. I'd, I'd definitely be a Darwinist. There's no doubt about it. But I don't take things that way. I just don't. With with the PSYOP angle, it's interesting that he mentioned <clears throat> with um, some disappointment, it sounded that uh, a chunk of his following was uh, Christian and Muslim. I, I think that's a an interesting uh, plus on the PSYOP observation because it does gather uh, anti-Darwinist people yeah. because he himself emphatically agreed with you. Um, it gathers a bunch of, uh, you know, the anti-nuke. He was open to that anti-moon. It grabs a whole bunch of people in net. <laughs> yeah, it's like a great and Christians and Muslims too. You know, I know. Like you could, you can like have a, a strong appeal to like Christian Bible literacy. You know, like oh, it's the Hebrew cosmology. And it's like, it's reflective of that. And it's like, well, you know, when I went to, you know, I was going to attending church and I was very religious and, you know, read the Bible all the time. And like, it was like well established from science, you know, the scientific claims that you can glean from the Bible, whatever ones there are in there that, you know, it was clearly saying that it's round and it spins. And then I could go dig up the passages right now and we can go over that. If you, but, you know, it's like, yeah. And then, you know, somebody else can say, no, the Bible says it's flat because of the four corners and the four pillars <coughs> and stuff like that. So it's just a whole nother discussion or area. But, yeah, it has appeal to, you know, biblical literacy and everything. So it's it's has it has a great potential to, like, get everybody into the same pin, you know, the same corral, the flat earth, to put us all in the flat earth and then uh, lump us all together, and then we can be... And then because of the lead-up to the PSYOP, the groundwork was laid. President Obama laid it out. Flat Earther, Flat Earth. Uh, remember, everybody, the Flat Earth and how ridiculous... Why do they start bringing that up, uh, you know, right around the time of the eventuality of this exploding on YouTube? Well, it's laying the groundwork. It's just like they laid the groundwork for 9-11 in any PSYOP. They have foreknowledge of it, certainly. So they lay the groundwork. Remember, idiots that believe the Earth is flat... Well, remember, they're idiots because we're going into this phase. And it's like, lo and behold, everybody on YouTube is talking about Flat Earth. Why? It's like, uh, <laughs> this looks like a psyop to me. I don't know how else you can characterize it. but um, And then, like, you know, here we go with, like, what? okay, what establishes it? What's so compelling? It's like, and 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 I think Frank and Jaron are, like, are, are pretty good examples. It's kind of like, you know, that it's established by way of, you know, we know we're being lied to, and we know we've been repeatedly lied to. Therefore, like when somebody comes along and brings in some other claims, uh, then just by that fact, then they these claims made by Jaron, made by uh, Eric Dubay, Morgal, all these other guys, then we have to listen to them and we have to give them uh, uncritical uh, acceptance 
because they're not NASA. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm not saying that that's everybody across the board, but that seems like the general gist of it. Like why trying to trying to figure out why it has so much appeal, but then you go listen to like Hot Potato Lady and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, I'll tune in and see what they're talking about. It's like all they're talking about. It's like this us against them. We're flat earthers, and nobody doesn't want to look at the evidence. And they, you know, maybe I'll be brought up. I, I don't know. And they'll say, well, yeah, you got that hoaxbusters guy, and he just will just flatly cherry pick and appeal to authority and deny the evidence that Frank was providing and Jeremy was providing, and just deny the lensing and just yeah, he's a he's a globalist, a shill. And then it's like, see the us against them thing, and they concentrate on that a lot. So it's kind of like that's kind of indicative that you're kind of part of sort of cult behavior there to me. I don't know if if that's kind of like yeah. if you go and look at their discussions and then that's and that's pretty much primarily preoccupied by the personalities involved and what where they're coming are they potentially shields and it's us against them and they're not really getting down to like what is exactly lensing and they're not talking about that kind of stuff they're not parsing that and picking it apart and establishing how that makes the makes the uh, observation. More, no, it's like uh, it's us against them, and we already know we've been lied to, so therefore this all has validity just by way of the fact that we've been lied to, and it's us against them. And, that, it, it, and I'm not just asserting that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you can establish that by way of just going right now and go listen to what, what, a, what, what the recent Flat Earth video on any given channel is talking about. What are they discussing? What are they spending a lot of time discussing? Think about it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. If it kind of, uh, yeah. if I take a lot of heat from this, you know, I, I think I'm just going to be done. I am. I mean, really, because there's just kind of a, a, a despair, desperation. It's like a. It's really discouraging, super discouraging. You know, I, I, I'm gonna be just no no motive to continue because there's no point. You know, there's just no point. It's like, yeah, it's just no. Yeah, really, because like, what would be the point? Like, what would be the point? It me doing any more these calls or anything it's like just, just spinning your wheels just spinning going around in circles is just pointless i could just do something better with my time They're fingerprints in time man They're your little personal fingerprints in the matrix your little autographs you know why do i waste my fucking time doing this trying to figure out what the world's you know really up to or what's what the veils hold behind them, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I just want to know. I got to know. So that said, I'm just going to keep, no matter how pathetically uh, uh, small or whatever, I'm just going to keep plugging away. And yeah. I don't I don't expect any freaking legacy or income or anything like that. 
I don't expect to change people's minds. Uh, I just hope to add to the story. And uh, I was like, I was like, it's just, uh, you know, I don't really get discouraged, but you know, you've got a lot more time and wisdom, truthfully. That uh, yeah, I think at a certain point you come to face where the reality of the world you live in, and it's like. You know, I think I'm kind of like getting to that point where it's like I'm starting to see clearly kind of the reality. You know, it's like there's what what can hope to be gained, and I'm not saying it's defeatist or all hope is lost or whatever, but it's like not really much can be gained by having back and forth discussion because it's like the the tactics used to establish one thing or other are so persuasive that they can't be overcome with just sitting down and having a reason just kind of calm discussion that that that's not really something that you can find today or maybe it never existed i don't know like you can't like me and frank like he's been on the call before we had long discussions and stuff like that and this flat earth thing is like okay we're getting heated and we're getting angry and it's like Okay, so psyop success, you know. If it's a psyop, it's, yeah. it's divide and conquer, and it's elegant and it's well well performed. And it's it. But what it's communicating to me is that like these methods and stuff of control are just so well honed that they're just undefeatable. And there's no point <laughs> in trying. They're just yeah. There's no point in really trying it's to definitely get undefeatable. Because, yeah, I hate to say powerful. it, but it's definitely undefeatable. But you still got to try. And I'm not telling you what to do on any level. But like at this point, I have no, I have nowhere near the time and energy you've invested in this. Uh, uh, whatever with a whatever the heck we're doing, you know. But um, yeah, shit. Start up a separate blog and vent. You know, yeah. come go in, go incognito and just start being a troll. Just be a, just hone my trolling skills to vicious, mean, rainbow-haired troll. You know, yeah. Just have just go in assault mode with no holds barred, yeah. just full frontal assault under everything. Yeah, but uh, I've been yeah. tipped on that. <laughs> but um, well, let me uh close out the call because it's that time and uh uh you you guys can hang on who's ever on the call and i'm just going to close up shop right now as far as the recording that i'm going to post so uh yeah because um kind of depressed <laughs> i don't want to like sit here in silence and do this right now so i want to keep the call open but then close out the recording so hey everybody take care check out hoaxbusterscall.com uh i'll talk to you hopefully next monday good night thank you for listening to the hoaxbusters call you can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoaxbusters Call by 
rating it on iTunes. Sharing it on social media. Fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters Call. Conspiracy. Just theory. Just imagine a world where you will hold your entire future in the palm of your hand, when a tiny glowing crystal will guide you through an existence in which each day is more wonderful than the last, where it will be possible for you to obtain the fulfillment of every fantasy, the satisfaction of every vanity, the absolute attainment of every wish. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. A fantastic journey through a world beyond imagination. Welcome to the 23rd century. The perfect world of total pleasure. Imagine a world in which you need never be alone. You touch a switch, turn a dial, and the perfect lover steps into your arms. Every pleasure is yours to experience. Runner! There's just one catch. When the tiny crystal in the palm of your hand flashes its final message, your time is up. Michael York is local. Run, Logan! Policeman in a perfect world. No! Trained to track down runners. Until he is forced to run himself. I'm your friend, I understand. We all go crazy once in a while. But she's a runner, and it's over. Box, an incredible being. More than human, more than machine. Diabolical guardian of the gateway to freedom. Or Logan and the woman who loves him. like that before. That must be the look of... of being old. MGM takes you into a new age of adventure in the first motion picture of the 23rd century. Logan's Run. It begins where imagination ends. Have you ever wondered about nuclear war? 
How would you survive a nuclear blast? And what are you doing currently to combat Fukushima's deadly radiation? My name is Dr. J. Peter Puller, and I've written the book, Survival Tips for a Post-Apocalyptic World. If you're not taking my proprietary blend of nascent iodine, then you're not getting the best protection possible. Go to howtosurviveanuclearblast.com today and purchase my book, Survival Tips for a Post-Apocalyptic World. Here's one tip. Purchase canned meat, and lots of it. In a post-apocalyptic world, canned meat will be as good as gold. More tips like this in my book, Survival Tips for a Post-Apocalyptic World. While you're at HowToSurviveNuclearBlast.com, purchase a bottle of my proprietary blend of nascent iodine, the best on the market. Go to HowToSurviveNuclearBlast.com today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.